Hello and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are have a very exciting episode today. This is the uh, Lightfall uh, launch episode. I, I know there's a lot of chatter online right now about uh, Lightfall and the reception of the story. Um, however, we are going to focus on the campaign and the story that is told and what we can, what info we can get out of that. I, if it's not already apparent, this is your spoiler warning. We will be spoiling spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. We will be spoiling the entirety of the Lightfall campaign. Please, please go play the game first. <laughs> yes, yes. Please, please play it first. Um, and uh, also, by the nature of this being a kind of off the cusp of gaming marathon episode, this is going to be a more fast and loose. This isn't going to necessarily have a bunch of edits on it. So apologies in advance for you know talking over each other and, and that kind of thing. But just so you know what you're in for. So, so much gaming over the last like three days. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Some, some of that shit was hard, man. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, Zora and I both went through and completed the campaign on the Legendary Difficulty, uh, which lived up to its name in a few sections, especially. <laughs> Absolutely, it did. Yeah. But, so, uh, we're going to roll on back to the beginning of the campaign, uh, starting with the very introductory cutscene. Um oh and it it is is really good but before the actual like battle cutscene we get a little bit of a recap from Zavala uh as a, a catch up for those that maybe haven't been paying as close attention or you know dropped out for a little bit and are coming back uh does a, a good recap of kind of how we got here overall uh one thing that sticks out in that recap that uh, was also present in the interactive trailer leading up to Lightfall, uh, Zavala just reaffirms uh, that Savathun betrayed the witness and hid the veil. We don't know what that means beyond that point, but he states it in game that they know Savathun betrayed the witness and hid the veil during the first collapse. So Which of course brings up a bunch of questions like oh yes was the was the veil in possession of the witness and that's what he was using to like blow shit up and kill shit all over the universe and she just like stole it was like uh well we can't do this here in Seoul so I'm going to hide it or was it part of the traveler and it was like hey this is the one thing that can stop the witness from attacking and like shut everything down. So I'm going to steal it and hide it. it there are a lot of questions. I think we're going to get some uh, allusions to what that some of those answers might be as we go through. Uh, but keep those questions in your mind. What we know right now at this point in the campaign, Sabathun stole it. Uh, so we get this intro cut scene um, off of the recap where it uh, starts you right in the middle of a space battle between the pyramid ships and the various forces of uh, the Vanguard. They've got some Guardians uh, flying around in, in their uh, jump ships. You've got uh, Amanda Holiday who is flying around as well. Um, you know, 
trying to do whatever they can to these these pyramids, slow them down, provide support, you know, something. Because we know the pyramids don't really take damage from conventional weapons, but they they're they're at the position where like, they gotta try. Gotta do something. Like at least put up a blockade. And there's there's even like uh, like Heidel's got her forces there. Uh, Mithrax has tons yep. of Elixni up there too. Uh, Mara's got a bunch of Awoken uh, Corsairs up there. Yeah, it's it's a it's an all all hands on deck soul system needs defending, and it's right here at Earth. Yeah. Uh, now the witness is aboard one of the pyramid ships and is can see what is happening question mark he he's kind of doing flicks with his hand to direct the ships as to where they should go and what they should focus on and they're they're mostly just kind of uh ignoring everything as they get close to the traveler and then eventually they do this big pulse that you see in some of the trailers where it knocks out a good amount of the ships that are around them um and the traveler then after kind of after that pulse, the traveler almost as a reactionary decides to shoot back. Uh, and again, a fucking bee. <laughs> we that saw this a little was bit. Awesome. We saw this a little bit in the trailer as well. But yeah, the traveler kind of gathers energy towards its. Uh, the sphere doesn't really have a front, but towards the the area closest <laughs> to the pyramids, um, and shoots this white beam into the pyramid ship at the at the head of the fleet where the witness happens to be and what's really interesting is that this beam where it hits the the pyramid it it appears to deal damage to the pyramid but also causes white vines with red flowers to grow wherever it touches the pyramid and as soon as i saw that i was like confirmed everything <laughs> uh it i mean it is very uh telling i suppose for for us to you know growth the the vines especially and and flowers you know gardener it, it it makes a lot of sense to correlate those two um also i believe they are the same red flowers i don't know about white vines but red flowers for sure that you see in like garden of salvation I think I think they're the same. Like, as far as like the vines, like typically in in there we see a lot more green uh, stuff, right. not white. But the white, I'm thinking back to um, uh, the tree with silver wings, right? Yeah, uh, yep. that was an all white tree, and that was where like, and and when I think about that, that was where because that was right above where the the pyramid was uh, stationed, right above Io. Uh, the last place that the the light touched, the, the last place the traveler touched before heading back to Earth when the collapse started, and it was that connection between the two that the tree of silver wings was was w- grew. So I'm curious if those white vines is that like reaction of when light and dark smash into each other. Could very well be. Um, I mean, we know that uh, based on unveiling, like light and the the winnower and the gardener both put energy into creating the universes in their, their flower game, perhaps the meeting of those two causes creation of some sort. That's just, that was just so cool. Like to, really to see like the full flowers and everything. I was like, dude, the traveler's the gardener full stop. Like that's that all, but like confirms it to me. 
I don't know, like short, short of being told he's not the gardener, I'm now <laughs> operating under the full assumption that he is the gardener. I am of a very similar mindset that the traveler is the gardener, partially because of what we saw, partially because of all the evidence we've had up till now. Also because they don't exactly have time to introduce another one, <laughs> like another <laughs> deity. They have one expansion and three seasons. Like I don't I don't think we're gonna see another it, it, being. Come you out never of it. know, man. It's there's I always mean, yeah. the secret guy pulling the strings behind the secret guy that's pulling the strings behind that secret guy that's pulling the strings, right? Yeah, I mean it's, it's, that's how Bond it's movies works. It's possible, certainly. Um but so yeah, we get awesome shot of this this hole that's been bored through the pyramid, and we have the witness standing with all these vines and flowers forming around it. And uh the witness, I think of its own accord, exits from the pyramid through that hole and uh into this beam. And it it doesn't seem particularly disturbed by being in this this white beam of whatever it is uh he's he just, definitely doesn't care he's just kind of chilling there and uh amanda and the the guardians uh that are in the scene you know go to to intercept and try and sh- try and shoot at him try and damage him in some way uh and he just does his little wrist flick and that's where that scene from the trailer where the ghost and the guardians inside the ships and then the ships themselves all just fall into these like sliced up patterns yeah, it's that like the, the like the dissection that like when you see um uh the worms inside uh Val Disciple. Yep. Like yep. everything everything just gets like was it vivisection? Is that right? Is that what I'm thinking of? I think so. I think that's the right word. I think that I'm going to use yeah. it cuz it sounds really cool. Um <laughs> but it's that like they all get split into like these perfect like size slices and yep. Yeah, when I when we first saw the trailer and we saw the it happened to the ghost, I didn't really recognize it or see it um until that cutscene um or or like i analyzed the 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 trailer a little bit more but the guardian inside the same thing happens to the mm-hmm. guardian inside and that one that 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 guardian in particular is the titan from the original 3 and the other two guardians are the warlock and the hunter yep. so the three like og trailer guardians they're dead now like yeah i i don't think they're coming back from getting from, nope. from that Nope, they're they're toast. Uh, and actually, a piece of their ship, one of their ships, ends up hitting Amanda's ship, and you know, it it you know it cuts to black. We know, and minor spoilers, I guess. We know from the very first like dialogue of the seasonal content that she's she survived. Uh, but if you if you skip the season and you go to the tower, she's not in the tower, so it makes it seem like she's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um. So we, we get this, uh, this scene and then the beam shuts off. And the reason for that is because all the pyramid ships, or I guess the undamaged ones have formed this like sun or flower pattern around the traveler where their, their points are facing outward around the, the traveler in a circle. It's a really cool visual, I, I'm curious but, if that's like a suppression field that they put up or something. I, th- I think that's exactly what it is. Cause you can kind of see like an orange field yeah. kind of pulse from the ships and then cover the, the traveler. And then the beat like that shuts off the beam. So I, I think they were, they're literally suppressing the light of the traveler, uh, similar to how Gaul did with his technology 
you know, it's forever. It's crazy that it took eight of them to do it though. Like, yeah. Right. (laughs) Light's Uh, light's pretty powerful on its own. Darkness is, I mean, the witness himself is pretty powerful on its own, but like all their little minions. eh, Yeah. Maybe need a little helping hand every now and then. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's the light is turned off. Um, and the witness is now just chilling, just floating there, perfectly fine, and uh, floats his way over to the traveler and um, attempts to do something to it. We don't really know what they're trying to do at this point, um, but attempt like reaches out and there's a glow, and like they're trying to to interact with the traveler in some way, and they're rebuked. They they can't. They're they're forced away from it, and they they even kind of like look at their hand a little bit, like oh. Why didn't, why didn't that work? But they get a vision as part of this, you know, refusal of, of part of this rejection. Uh, and that vision shows them the location of the veil, which is Neptune. And so the, the witness tells Callus, you know, my disciple, you know, what needs to be done, go retrieve the veil. Uh, and so Callus's ship peels off away from the pyramids and hyperspaces away uh, with Osiris in hot pursuit and our guardian then in pursuit of Osiris. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I think to me, the, the fact that like the traveler or, or this interaction kind of shows the witness where the veil is almost makes me feel like the veil is light connected but i don't know like there's I, later in the story that makes yeah. you question it yeah i've i've gone back and forth a few times as i've gone through the story i i'm leaning more one way than the other but we'll as we come across those points uh in the other missions we'll, you can kind of see where we're why we're not quite sure um but no, so this this ends the intro cinematic, and now we're into the first mission. I uh, we literally climb our way up like a maintenance ladder on the outside of a ship that who, has entered who allows, hyperspeed. <laughs> who allows their maintenance hatches to be opened at hyperspeed? Who does this? Just what? depressurize everything. What, what <laughs> like, the hell? Everything yeah. I've learned from Star Trek and Star Wars and Stargate and all these sci-fi stuff, that's not supposed to happen. There's supposed to be safety checks that don't allow that to happen. And our guardian is just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> this will be fine. I'm First sure. of all, the fact that he's just riding the ship in hyperspace, right? like just one handed, like, who the fuck is this guy? What is happening? I know we're God killers and all, but Jesus, <laughs> we're physics killers, too. Now, apparently. Uh, so we, we enter the ship, um, which is not Callus's mothership, but one of the other uh, ships that was traveling uh, with it. And I Osiris you know, has landed on the same ship and I, over the comms, you know, we, we know Callus is in pursuit of the artifact called the veil and over the comms, Osiris reaches out to us and Osiris, even in this very first mission, like the very first dialogue, I think you get from him, uh, after entering, you know, playable space, he says, if the witness establishes a link with the veil, It'll be the end of the system. Boom. So end of soul. End end of destiny. This this line 
does a couple of things. The first thing it does is establish the stakes kind of like we already knew that if the witness gets what it wants, like bad things happen. Uh, but the reason this line in particular sticks out to me is Osiris says, if the witness establishes a link with the veil, it will be the end of the system. That implies to me that Osiris already knows what the veil is and how it works enough that he knows what the witness wants to do with it. Oh shit. Which is really weird. (laughs) That he knows more than all of us. Eh, Is it that weird? Well, I mean, yes and no. I'm, I'm wondering. I am Osiris. I am equal to none. Cute. Yeah. The, the question becomes like, it was this part of Savathun's memory. What, like, Ooh. where did this information come from that he knows what the witness, what the witness is trying to do enough to explain it in this way? The only, the only like two or three things that I could think of that would uh, kind of give us an idea of what he would know. Um, it would, it could be in the uh, Vanguard archives, um, which I think could be plausible. But then that means that like everyone in the Vanguard knows what the veil is and where it's been this whole time and. I, I, to me, that just doesn't seem like that meshes real well. That, yeah, the it other, doesn't add up. The 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 other two is uh, the Infinite Forest. It could have been something he had found in the Infinite Forest through one of the simulations, but I I don't think that that's a possibility either because uh, the Vex don't know how to simulate paracausal abilities. Yeah. Like, they could simulate an item, but they can't simulate the properties of that item if that item is paracausal, which I'm assuming, since the Veil is that connected to the traveler and the, and the um, witness that it, it has some type of paracausality to it. Well, and Rasputin last season specifically says it is a source of immense paracausal power. So there you go. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So I don't think the imminent force that leaves us with the one possibility of, he has all these like questionable memories from Sabathun, like stuff that he could like, while he, she was in his mind, he was also in her mind. Um, mm-hmm. so like it, there could be some type like that's the only, that's the only area that I could think of that Osiris would have any type of knowledge of this thing. And it, I mean, in typical Osiris fashion, of course, he's not going to share that info, info with anyone, but that just yeah. seems kind of selfish, uh, for a lightless guardian now to <laughs> be as high and mighty as he is. Like I get it. He's lived for a long time. He's probably, I mean, short of Ikora, probably the greatest warlock in all of Vanguard history. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, to be that selfish about it seems kind of like a dick move, Osiris. Like, maybe maybe wow. open us. Maybe open up. Maybe share with us a little. And he, he is part of him coming to terms with his situation is a big story arc for him in, in this true. expansion. So that is very uh, true. he starts out very uh very callous, very angry at a at a lot of things. Um, you know, I think mostly his own inability to to have a direct hand in in fixing to be, this. To be able to do anything. Like right. he's got he has to stand on the sidelines because I think he even he knows that that knowledge is valuable and and if like if he loses it, like if he dies, like that knowledge is lost. So, yeah. and then the only other person they have to question is Savathun, and I doubt they're going to try to get a hold of Imaru and be like, "Hey, <laughs> can you come res her so we can talk for a little bit?" Yeah. So that line in particular stuck out to me. Um, so we'll just we'll keep that in mind as we're going on. 
Uh, you're aboard this Cabal ship, though. You're fighting your way through. I, uh, yeah, you you in uh, come across the first of the Shadow Legion, uh, which is Callus's new legion. Um, they're still Cabal. They're very you know Cabal-y. Uh, but a slight difference is that some of them have uh backpacks that have resonance energy uh resonance being the same energy that we see on the uh the caretaker in the vow raid uh the yep. same energy that rulk uses uh in the vow raid um so it it seems that resonance is what the witness gifts to their disciples and then callus was able to further uh, manufacture items that use it and give it to his his legion. Is that resonance the same stuff that we were thinking of uh, Rulk with uh, the luster? I think so, um, because literally the only time luster has been mentioned is in the that Rulk uh, lore book. The, so the, I, Luber, the Shattered Suns one. Yeah. yeah. So that that might just be what Rulk calls resonance. Okay. Uh, un, unsure, but I, I'm thinking it's two terms for the same thing. Gotcha. Uh, but so we, we fight our way through the ship. We have some discussions with Osiris, nothing of great, uh, lore import that we need to dig into. Um, but we do eventually near the end of the mission, come across a new enemy, a tormentor. Dude, fuck those guys. <laughs> I that's I'm putting my foot down right now. Fuck the tormentors, man. Like I, I could deal with loose and hive, right? Like I could deal with, with a hive that has light powers and using those light powers against me. Right. Um, and then going up and crushing its ghost in my, in my hand, like again, a little like, like, Oh my God, what have I done type thing? But at the same time, like, Oh, well maybe they're the bad ghosts. Like whatever, not the point. These tormentors, the name is is pretty apt. Like, <laughs> at, like the first time you come across one, it is genuinely terrifying. And like, yeah, it smoked me. Like, I didn't even have a chance. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, it it did it, it. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a chance to like set up defenses or anything. It was just like, "Hi, I'm here. Bye. You're dead." And I was yeah. like, "Well, shit. Uh, restarting that." <laughs> yeah. So we we see it very briefly about halfway through the mission, and then it kind of disappears, and then it shows up again as the the final boss of the mission, where we um, have to actually uh, fight them to the death. And I, what's really interesting is the description of them. So when we first were introduced to tormentors in the trailers and and on the Vidoc and such. I was thinking, oh, these are, you know, ancient uh warriors of of the disciple or of uh of the witness that are now coming into play as his main force arrives. That doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. The description we get of them from Osiris again, so maybe he's guessing uh and passing it off as fact, but he calls them the fruit of the witness and Callus's alliance, which almost makes it sound like something that is newly created between the witness is. and Callus. I think it's newly created, and I think they have a tie to something else because every single one of them have a name with it. Well, not all of them. 
Okay, that's true. That's true. Most most of them are just like tormentor. Most of them are just tormentor. As a boss, there there's a name attached to them. There there is. Uh, Can I say it? Can I say it? it? Brings up some other questions. Uh, If it's the name that gets introduced later on, no, (laughs) we gotta wait till it comes up. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So, but they're they're described as as a new creation between the witness and Callus, and I. So we we have our our first uh, introduction to one, and then we have our a really really beautiful space jump between uh, ships, um, and you see Callus's flagship come in underneath, and Callus is taunting you the whole way, and just like that whole scene was Another really really cool. Space scene. Like took took. I mean, every time they've done a space scene, it has been the greatest space scene ever until the next one comes out. And then <laughs> yeah. that's the greatest space, right? Like Deep Stone Crypt space scene there. Like, oh my God, everyone shut your mics off. I, I will mute everyone in this party. We're going to listen to the space scene. When we get to the other end of it, then we'll turn all the comms back on. Uh, the Seraph station, like you start doing that stuff. And you see the traveler below you in the clouds and you're like, okay, everyone shut the hell up. I'm enjoying this for a minute. Same thing with this scene. Like everyone else just shut the hell up. This is amazing. And I want to be in this moment type thing. Like it's every single space scene that they've ever done is the greatest one until the next one comes out. And then that's the greatest one. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, definitely one of the, one of the premier kind of set pieces. Uh, I'm glad, for... I'm glad they saved that for in game. Like yes, to not have that too. as any type of trailers or anything. Me too. Um, so we hop across the other, the other ship. We fight our way through that ship, uh, where Osiris is now, um, decided that the best thing to do is blow up the engines and then hop in escape pods. Uh, we, we question the, uh, wisdom in that course of action, but we do it anyway. Uh, in, of course. In, in the course of doing that, we come across the actual fight with the Tormentor. And this is an interesting bit about the Tormentors as well that we learn as we fight them. They're using Void Light. Yeah. And goddamn Void 3.0 suppression. It <laughs> yes. sucks. And I hate them. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what to make of I know. these darkness cabal creations having access to void light boys like what is going on here so that that's still a bit of a mystery for me could it okay so if if the okay follow me down this rabbit hole for a second okay sabathun yeah was capturing specifically void light True, in the Sabathun song, Strike, yep. Yep, and we know that she housed all of it in her throne world. We know that Rulk was in her throne world, but she trapped Rulk there. Okay, yeah. Is there any way that, that the, the witness through Rulk's pyramid or through even just going into Sabathun's throne world could have gotten access to this stuff, to all that void? Because all that void light is literally like trapped in canopic jars in the main apothecary uh yeah. in 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 her throne world that so yeah that's a very I'm good point curious because they only use void mm-hmm. and the only light that savathun was able to trap was void light that's the only connection that i could think of that has any type of like either either the either 
the witness got a hold of it through Rook, through the pyramid to like has like a back door there because we know that every time he talks to everyone, he's got that like shattered glass thing, right? So like we yep. know that he can talk presumably through dimensions, through space and time with it. Like there's nothing, there's no like distance or barrier or anything like them for him to talk to somebody on the other side. Um, so I, I would think that he could talk to Rook or something like that, but I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe Rook smuggled some out somehow or something like, I don't know, like a, the only connection to any type of like darkness that I can think of that has light specifically void energy with it is the apothecary in Sabathine's throne world. And, and that could be why, like maybe Callus was able to get in there. I don't like, we never see any cabal in the throne world. We only see scorn and, and uh hive. So it's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's, I, I'm kind of with you on this. Like, I don't really know what to make of it. Like, why is a darkness thing using void energy? Um, it, 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 it doesn't quite make sense, but that's the, that's the one, uh, that, that the, all those, all that void light trapped in the apothecary canopic jars is the only thing I can think of that, that really connects them. Yeah. Now that's a good point. Uh, the scorn are under the direct control of the witness, presumably. So, so I mean, they could have smuggled it out. Yeah, totally, totally plausible that they could have siphoned stuff out of there. Yeah, no, okay. I, I mean, until something else comes along, I think that's a very, <laughs> very good theory for it. Yeah, yay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we we have our fight with this tormentor uh, after they suppress us a billion times. Um, it, it just, <laughs> just, just let me fight you for five seconds please like don't stop suppressing me <laughs> we are eventually successful though and uh we get to the escape pods which are cabal drop pods uh and oh, we find love that we find osiris there and I, I i love the little exchange the ghost is like are you sure this is safe and osiris is like yeah i'm sure it's fine he Bye. goes flying off yeah uh and I also loved we get in a drop pod and launch ourselves because there's no other option really. I uh, and I love that when you get out of the drop pod after it's landed on Neo Muna, you have squished a cabal. Like yep. if you look back at it. So yep. we gave them a taste even, of their own medicine. Even they get crushed by their own drop pods. Yep. Now they for me at Physi- least they paid me the favor. Now, buddy. Yeah, I was say for me at least they they paid me back like tenfold throughout all the other stuff in, in oh, yeah. Muna, but oh yeah felt felt good to get the one i uh, so we've landed now on Muna with osiris and we're introduced to the cloud striders uh rohan um and nimbus i uh, and it's we don't really get to do too much with them at this point it's just a like hey they they are here uh and we're trying to we're tracking Osiris's signal through the city. We're trying to get to him before a cabal does. Cause he's only got one life left. Uh, and what ends up, we don't quite get there in time, but in our pursuit of him, we discover this, uh, green energy. That's just kind of sitting and, uh, ghost is, you know, establishes this is a weird energy signature and we touch it and lo and behold, we can utilize it. We can channel it and we get our humans are so dumb. (laughs) Hey, I see this weird thing over here. What do you want to do? Touch it. I'm going to touch it. Yeah. Humans are dumb. (laughs) 
Well, in this case, it works out because we get a new super out of it. We get a new a new element. This is our introduction to Strand, uh, and you get to mess around with it, and they give you a little uh, arena to fight in and and play around with. Uh, and that was actually really really fun. I I liked that that little section. I, I do like how Strand is is how you interact with Strand throughout the entire campaign where it's like, it's kind of fed to you in like these little bits. And then like, mm-hmm. as you go through, it's like, Hey, now you can do this with it. Now you can do this with it. Now you can do this with it. So you can like see it getting more powerful and more powerful as you're going through. I don't remember stasis being that way when we were getting access to that. For some reason, I remember stasis being like this, like, yeah, it's here, but it there's, there was no like, you never got to see it get more and more powerful throughout the story. You just had it. And then when you got to the end and, and you're, and you use it against Aramis, like that was it. And then, then you had all, all the post campaign stuff where it was like, Hey, now yep. you unlock your fragments. Now you unlock your aspects. Now you do all that stuff, which was a hell of a grind. Holy yes. crap. Which luckily strand at, at least on face value, doesn't seem like it's as grindy. No, well, they give you the aspects by the time you That's finish right. the campaign. Right. So it's definitely not as bad. And yeah, I don't remember Stasis having the feeling of more power each time you used it. It was just kind of like you had it and it didn't change between the instances where it popped up. So yep. yeah, I, I I liked that uh, that way of making us feel like we were starting to master it more as time went on. Um, but this is our first foray with it uh you just i think you just get the um melee ability and maybe the grenade uh maybe the the grapple grenade um, I, that's what i thought too but no super. like like as far as i as far as the the warlock at least i don't even i don't think you have a rift or anything like that uh yeah i don't remember you definitely don't or, have any or if aspects you, do, you don't at this have the thread links or anything yeah like you that. don't you don't have any of the extras uh you do get to use the super right at the end but uh, you know, you don't get a ton of time with it, but regardless, we find this energy, we learn, Hey, we can channel it. Uh, but Oh man, do we feel real bad after it we're hurts. done using it? Uh, that worst, hurts. worst hangover. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then it gives us a cut scene of the two cloud striders, um, you know, fighting back some cabal and just one tapping a tormentor with an explosion. Like, what is that about? This this guy, like, where's my one tap ability? Right? I I was putting full heavies into these guys, like full clips of, of everything I had. Supers, Nova Bombs, everything. And they were just like, huh, that's cute. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> so regardless, they end up coming in and kind of saving the day. They uh, help you know, clear the area for Osiris to leave his his drop pod. Um, they introduce themselves as as cloud striders, and the mission ends, and we end up on uh, the uh, is it the heroes heroes hall? I think is what I it think was. So. Like we we end up like outside the front door of it on like the yeah. the, the main tower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get some discussion with, uh, Osiris and Nimbus and, uh, Rohan at this point, just kind of explaining that there are cloud striders, uh, that they are the defenders of Neomuna and, um, something that I thought was really interesting, their impression of guardians is earth's warlords. Yeah. Uh, like they they have not they've been watching well they've, kind they've of they've been paying attention it feels like 
again, kind of. I I got the I got the feeling that they knew of Guardians, but they did not know anything recent of Guardians. Like their their stories, their myths uh, were about the warlords of Earth that were these immortal, uh, kind of awful, warring people. And so I don't think they've updated their info about Earth since the Dark Ages. Like maybe, maybe some of their. Uh... Well, so I'm I'm thinking back to. Oh my God! I just made a connection. Okay. Nope. I've got to save that for later because we haven't <laughs> talked about that yet. Uh, so yeah, I I think you're right because I I maybe they they saw they got they they were keeping tabs on Earth because I mean that's that's one thing that uh, uh, um, I don't is that is it stated early on? It's it the Neomunians are humans. They're, yes, they're from Earth. Like yes originally that's yep. that's a that's a that's a thing so it's like i think i i feel like they were keeping tr- keeping track of earth and then like when the when the collapse actually happens and everything and and then the guardians get released and or the the guardians the ghosts all get released and then all the warlords get rezzed uh, or all the risen and then the warlords happen they're like well shit that place sucks i'm not going over there that's nope don't like that and so then they're like just ignore it now. Like, just hide away. Don't even worry about what's going on over there because that place sucks. Yeah, and we will get more in depth into what the timeline and uh, kind of who made those decisions when we cover a history of Neomuna, which we're thinking will be a, a separate episode. But there is there is more in depth detail about that. Uh, but for now, yeah, like yeah, they have. They don't have knowledge of what guardians are or the Vanguard or the city or any of that, really. They just knew us from the Dark Ages and were rightfully kind of scared of the warlords coming and laying waste to Neomuna at some point. Yeah. And uh, and so Rohan says, like, we thought when we met Lightbearers, we would be fighting against them, not with them, which is kind of a, an interesting notion. They they definitely... I. I from the again looking at the warlord side of it saw this as a threat yes yeah uh but so to to kind of cruise through the missions a little bit here because we're gonna we're gonna run long already but trying to keep it under like four hours uh the luck i know um a couple things during this mission so we are sent to uh essentially go go secure the veil like that, that Osiris is very impatient. He's like, we need to get to the veil before Callus does go do it. And, um, so we're, you know, we're, we're on our, on our way and trying to kind of just go in guns blazing, not much of a plan or anything. And, uh, we find that, um, the ghost mentions that they've been feeling off since they've arrived on Neomuna. Uh, this is when the ghost is trying to like hack a uh, barrier to open up the way for us. Um, and they mentioned they've just they've they've been feeling off since they since they got here. And Nimbus is kind of like, well, I you know I can do it for you. I get it. it's really complex system. And Ghost is like, screw you. I know what I'm doing. Uh, but it, it was a little one off line that we want to remember because it comes into play later. I. Uh, we learn as we go through, after we break through the shield and we, we go through this area that is held by the Cabal, 
that Callus has created paracausal disruptors that essentially turn off our ability to use our supers. Uh, Thank our God other it doesn't shut our jump and shit. Uh, yes, it's not God a full suppression. Suppressors. <laughs> it's is what it is. Yeah, not a full suppression, but um, definitely annoying to not have your super. And it, it's the the totem, which it is a totem. Um, it it looks very much like uh, some of the architecture in Rulk's pyramid with the little spires and things. Uh, yep. And it it was just remember remember the look of the totem. The, these kind of like diamond shape with little tridents coming off and and whatnot, uh, because we see that architecture again in something else. But these things are are suppressors. We have nothing to combat them. They're immune if you try and do anything to them. Your uh, stupid arc souls will shoot them over everything else. <laughs> uh, the cabal come in. You have to fight them without the use of your super. You're successful in doing so, and then we get. Uh, a little bit of a scene where our guardian is overlooking kind of the, the facility where the veil is stored, I guess is protected. Uh, and our ghost is saying like, Oh, I really, I don't feel right. Um, and as we get close to the veil, he, he says it's much worse than before. And right after he says that this little shattered glass effect happens in the air and it's Callus's face, and the witness takes over our ghost and delivers a message to Callus through that little shattered glass portal. And isn't, isn't that fucking crazy? Like when that happened, I'm like, dude, what what the hell? Like we know we've we've seen the witness take over our ghost before. That's not anything new. That happened when we first came across the pyramid uh uh in uh, Shadowkeep. Yep. Like so so him taking over. But then the fact that he like communicates the way that that he's been communicating with everything the whole shattered glass and he's just like hey got a message for you buddy and like hey i was using that line maybe get off this comms yes <laughs> now something that's really interesting about this the only other times that our ghost has been possessed for lack of a better term has been in or very near pyramid ships near sources of witnesses influence sources of of dark and now it's happening immediately after the ghost and the guardian specifically say like being near the veil is making the ghost feel worse than it has before see and that's what makes me think the veil is tied to darkness now like yeah (laughs) they're close enough to it and now now there's an interaction here now he's able to take it over kind of freely at will yeah like I mean, it, now I'm kind of leaning the other way. Like at first, like oh, the veil—it's—it's it's gotta be tied to the to the light. Now it's fuck. I don't know, man. Maybe it's a, maybe there's a little darkness there. I, I would say we got a point on either side. Now we got a point for light and a yeah. point for dark. Um, but so yeah, the witness has I like this, this. discussion. We're gonna keep tally now, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> by the end of it, whoever wins, like okay, it's darkness then, that's, or it's light that's then. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it has a discussion with Callus. Callus essentially says, we have taken over the facility surrounding the veil, but we have not been able to breach the defenses to get into the veil vault itself yet. Thank God. Um, yeah. 
And so the witness, uh, through our ghost still says, you know, oh, we know that the light bearer is on Neomuna and opposing you. Uh, and they tell Callus to link the radial mast and destroy the veil. Ooh. Now, two, two things here. The first one, which I have less answers for, is I find it, and again, if it's something of dark, if it's something that was stolen that the witness needs, why does he want to destroy the veil? Uh, Point light. No, that's one one point for light. Oh, now. yeah, two two light, one dark, two two to one now. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we maybe have some more answers on is the radial mast. Now, that's a very strange term, a uh, very strange name, and a mast of anything that isn't a ship. Uh, but we have seen a similarly named gift mast that was referred to as a relic of the light in the books of sorrow uh um so point both then i guess i don't because <laughs> with the mass itself was referred to as the light but now he's got it as darkness is, is that half point each i don't well if it, the mast is separate from the veil i think the okay. mast is purely okay. being used as a tool to access and link to the veil in some capacity okay um i'm still getting a half point to each Okay. Uh, I will rely on you to keep track of those. <laughs> <laughs> but so real, real briefly, um, if we look back at Books of Sorrow, uh, this is the chapter titled The Gift Mast. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it is described by Oryx as uh, the gift mast. It towers above this star system like a monument to treason. It beams with silver light. It sings a radio lullaby made of soothing lies. In its light live the harmony, and they are now our prey. I uh, skipping ahead a little uh, even, bit. Even says radial there, like yeah. Um, skipping ahead a little bit. Eventually, they overcome. The harmony and acquire the gift mast. Uh, and uh, he, Oryx says, Shivurath kills the wishful bishops, and Savathun achieves some secret purpose, and Oryx's court tears down the gift mast. The harmony people wail in terror. Uh, Come, saith Oryx, eat of the gift mast, for I am a generous god. Of its pieces I claim only two out of every five. The mast is full of the light of the traveler. It is full of the marrow taste of sky. All who eat of it are filled with the ecstatic certainty that they serve a greater and necessary purpose. So, okay, another half point to each. Then I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm reducting. I'm redacting my half point because, like, if he's saying like, now again, he's talking about specifically the gift mast. The mast. And I'm, yes. The the mast. Right. The the gift mast. Um, here in, in that in that specific one, and the thing that Callus uh, uh, and and the witness have is the radial mast. I I feel like they're the same thing. I I I I don't have anything to point to it other than they're just called the same thing and they deal with paracausality. Um, but it would be weird that this uh, gift mass is of the light and radiates with light from the traveler. And the radial mast um, is going to the veil to either suppress or destroy the veil. I would think that it would have to be 
like what we talked about with our light and dark stuff, it's got to be equal and opposite. Mm-hmm. So if it is of the light, then the veil would have to be of the dark. So now we've got one point dark. <laughs> so two and two now. So, uh, yeah, I'm of the same opinion. I think the radial mast is either a piece of the original gift mast or the gift mast was used as a uh, as a blueprint for making their own artifact of, of oh, the like same. Oh, like reverse engineering it? Right. And having like the equal and opposite? Yeah, no, that, yeah, I like that idea too. So, uh, I, but regardless, I think there is a tie between the two. I think the gift mast facilitated the radial mast being around one way or another uh, and that would make the radial mass darkness and so for it to suppress the the veil it has to be equal and opposite so that means the veil would have to be made of light so point light god damn it <laughs> so uh this, this isn't helping no it's not but it's fun um, <laughs> so the mission ends here with our ghost essentially saying that like we we shouldn't be here we can't there's no way for us to breach uh Callus's defense and get to the veil like we we've lost the veil but at least Callus hasn't cracked the shell on it yet hasn't gotten into the vault yet uh so now we enter mission three uh where it has been decided okay if Callus has the veil and we know he's going to use this radial mast to access it uh then let's, you know, let's go take care of the radial mast and remove that as a, a option for him. Um, and again, this is very Osiris is just go, go, go. You know, we don't have time to to worry about, you know, fine details. The Guardian has survived unexpected situations before. Let's just let's just get at it. Um, and so we fight our way through Callus's ship, which is beached along the side of the city of Neomuna. Um, and we, we fight our way through and we get to, uh, through the various uses of strand, uh, as it appears here and there and some, uh, grav lifts. <laughs> we make our way through those, the ship. Those were pretty cool. They were pretty fun. Uh, we make our way through the ship, and here, the ghost specifically says that the radial mast is a large source of light energy. So then the veil has to be of the darkness. Point darkness! <laughs> so without a doubt, radial mast is of light energy, which suggests even more strongly that maybe it's a piece of the original gift mast. Rather than like a reverse engineer blueprint type thing, it yeah. is an actual piece of it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right on the nose with that one. I, the more and more evidence that's that's shown that it 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 is of it is strong with light energy. It, it's it's we know that the radio mass was torn down and divided up. So like, there's no reason to believe that this isn't part of the original mass. We know the mass was effing huge if it was watching over an entire galaxy. Yes. Um, so yeah, like it, yeah. And then to me, to me, that means like the little guys, like the the little suppressors, are even like further breakdown points of that same mast. Now, what's interesting, I don't know if the little suppressors are copies of the mast or so. To to back up a second, when we get to the room where the radial mast is, uh, it looks like a giant version of one of those little suppressor totems, right? Uh. 
Now, what I'm wondering is, are those little totems modeled after the mast? Or is the ma- has the mast been put in a bigger version of a suppressing totem so that they can better channel its light energy? So, Ooh. you know, to try and keep it contained kind of like thing. A, like an like a amplifier. Yeah, to, you know, just because the witness and callus I have access to and wield darkness doesn't mean they can't use technology like the splicers do oh, to yeah, like the gauntlets, yeah. Right, to use light in some fashion. And so yeah, I I'm, that's yeah, maybe. I, I think it's housed in one of those big suppressors. Because they're not because they're not even actually truly like I mean the witness uh, probably obviously I feel like obviously is um channeling darkness but like callus i feel like he's still like using it right like he still needs some type of thing to use i don't think he's like darkness imbued hard to say um i think there's you could argue either way from a few points uh later on but the bathing the bathing pool does make it seem like he's been like bathed in darkness time yeah Yeah, like so he could absolutely be okay well maybe not then yeah. Mm, but uh, so we, we find this this radial mast. We attempt to destroy it. It's not damageable, just like the little totems elsewhere. Uh, and eventually we're getting overrun with Cabal, uh, you know, Shadow Legion and some Shadow Legion that we can't damage at all. They have a shield that we we can't touch with our yep. current abilities. Um and all seems like it's you know, not going very well. And then we get a random data stream of a set of coordinates inside the ship. That's essentially go stand here. And so we do, we go, we go stand there and, uh, humans are dumb. (laughs) Hey, go do this. Who said that? Don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, again, it works to our favor because we go stand there and, uh, the cavalry comes to our aid in the form of Keitel and some of Keitel's uh, ships. That this, this this is the scene that takes place in that big arena thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, did like that arena. That that like that was kind of like the first inclination of like, okay, the Legend campaign is is like if the tormentors weren't telling you, hey, this place is this this campaign is going to be a little hard on Legend. <laughs> like that arena was like, ah, oh, shit, like. There yeah. are a fuck ton of stuff here. And there's Taken here. Yep. You have like, um, Taken alongside the, the Shadow Legion. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Witness presumably has complete control of, of Taken um, since, you know, that power came from them originally to, yep. to get to Oryx. Um, so, yeah, we've things are not looking good. Keitel comes in, uh, blasts her way in to give us an exit point and you hop on your sparrow and you sprint <laughs> you Ball try and balls get out of there do not try to stop and res your teammates just make it to the end <laughs> yes yes um found that out the hard way and you know upon successfully escaping i osiris is not terribly happy to learn that you have now not only failed to secure the veil, but you've also failed to destroy the mast. Uh, and he's he's like in panic meltdown mode. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's like we can't we can't just do nothing. We don't have time to 
try and strategize. We need to we need to fix this and we need to fix he's, it now. He's like, get back in there and kill shit. And you're just like, maybe yeah. maybe take a breather for a second. <laughs> so we find ourselves back at the Heroes Hall. Um, we have some very tense discussions with Osiris where he where he's on like a hollow call with Saint. And yep. he's even kind of yelling at Saint, like, I don't we don't have time. Uh, very much an allegory, not only for, yes, things are dire, but also like Osiris doesn't have infinite time anymore. And he's oh, having problems with that. That's, that's absolutely a thing now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I don't know. I'm still like stuck on that thought of like a lightless Osiris. Like there will come a point where Osiris will die. Yeah. And Saint will be left alone. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm the... still, it's it's still like this like uh moment like I, I, why why <laughs> yeah now i know it, it'll be the exact opposite of the situation osiris is in when saint yep. went you know went missing yep uh but, no way to bring him back like yeah except through darkness no <laughs> darkness doesn't res does darkness res i mean darkness healed rook so oh shit mm. with luster yeah shit well all that aside i osiris after you know calming down a little bit says you know i'm gonna study this strand ability i feel like that's something we can use to our advantage but we don't understand it yet um you know i'm gonna do that while you take on the the next the next thing you need to do the next thing we need to do ends up being securing the cloud arc which I believe is first referenced in this mission, mission four. Yep. Uh, Nimbus and Rohan uh, tell us that, you know, the, uh, the cloud arc is very important to Niamuna. It, it, it is the entire infrastructure of Niamuna. Uh, all of the security systems, the power for the city, and most importantly, the uh for lack of a better term life support systems of the neomunian citizens are all reliant on the cloud arc and that that life support thing is one thing i wanted to touch on too when we when you first get to neomuna there's all these little like these little white lights everywhere and i in typical destiny fashion was looking at them and go oh hey these are collectibles that we're gonna have to get and put them in place (laughs) you get closer to them they turn into the outline of a human. Yes. The, they're people. All those lights that you see all over the place, those are the Neomunians. Yep. They're all, they all live digitally. Like, I, I, I guess, like, obviously Matrix is, like, the first, like, idea that comes to mind of, like, they all just exist digitally, and there, there is no physical version of them, which, first off, brings out a lot of questions, like, how the hell do they get bodies for Cloud Striders, but... I guess they've got the Quicksilver, so they just manufacture a body. That's maybe why it only lasts for 10 well, years. I don't know. Not not quite. There there are answers to those questions. And technically, this dives a little more into history. But I think it's important because of those types of questions to, to talk about now to understand what is actually happening. Okay. Um, so. Cloud Arc is important. The Cloud Arc is important. You can think of the Cloud Arc as the Internet. It is it is a storage repository for data and 
it connects and powers everything within the city. Okay. The, so power distribution and uh, and data, data, data. Okay, yeah. gotcha. The cloud arc is powered from the veil. Okay. So the the you know the three prong plug from the cloud arc just plugs directly <laughs> into the veil. God, God damn it. <laughs> uh, that's what keeps it going. I, I like that analogy. Yeah. Of like somebody trips over this and the whole city just turns off. They're like, ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Plug it in. Plug it in. Hurry, hurry. Quick, quick. Uh, we'll lose the data. Yeah. We have UPCs. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, or UPSs. It. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, there's a connection between the cloud arc and the veil is, is okay. the main point. And the veil powers the cloud arc. Now, in addition to being internet, and infrastructure it also houses the i guess the the best uh correlation is the matrix so like the consciousness of every single neomunian yes but they do have organic bodies okay the neomunians were not permanently uploaded into the cloud arc until fairly recently uh okay. probably if i were to guess I would say somewhere around 10 to 20 years ago. Uh, we don't have an exact timeline, but what the, the, essentially what happened, and again, we'll explore this more in depth in our Neomunian history episode that we'll, we'll probably be making. Uh, the Neomunians th knew that the pyramids were going to come back. And so they formulated... Uh, with a plan that they just called like Project Lockdown. And it was before the pyramids get here, we're going to build all of the infrastructure so that our physical, biological bodies can be put into uh, essentially cryopods. And while our bodies are in these cryopods, our minds are going to be linked into the cloud arc and we can still continue to think and live digitally so that's more that's yeah matrix is probably the closest there's an anime that i'm thinking of um i think it's called like stranger in paradise or something like that um that has kind of a similar thing like everyone everyone has an organic body but like their mind just they're 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 digitally uploaded to the cloud and then like the cloud is just like a satellite almost like a like the orbital station that just uh, sits in sits in orbit of Earth, but then there are also humans on the planet Earth that they they just they either didn't have enough money or didn't care to be part of this like linked consciousness. Because then, like, it it brings up the idea of like there are gods over the system, and because your mind is digitally linked to that system, they basically control your every action and everything. And if they don't like what you're doing, they'll just kick you out of paradise. Like, sucks to suck, bro. Yeah. So. It, it it to me it has that kind of vibe of like the like but but more of the matrix style rather than the we'll just kick you out because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like there's any type of like godlike consciousness taking over no. or, or keeping track of all the cloud striders or, or neomunians um they all very much seem to to be doing this um they're they're very they're very um maybe di diplomatic democratic i don't i don't know like they're very they're very cohabitationist they they yeah. all seem to everyone seems to have like the same idea and the same goal of like, hey, this is how we continue to survive. 
Yeah, they they seem very um, collaborative and cooperative, yeah. and yep. uh, and yeah. So without getting too far into that subject, because it's a very deep hole to dive into. That's I, that's next episode. The the Neomunians do have physical organic bodies. They're all in cryo, but they're still living by having their minds in the cloud arc, which can then interface with the real city via those digital avatars that we see around. Gotcha. So with all of that now, the cloud arc is under attack. The uh, defenses around the cloud arc have been shut down, which is bad because if the cloud arc goes, so do all of the minds of the people in it. Uh, It's not exactly clear what would happen, but it seems like they would just be brain dead. Like it, it wouldn't pop them out of the simulation it would just their mind would be like gone link type thing right they're just they're, like matrix style body can't live without a mind yeah yeah so bad news if the cloud art goes down uh or is destroyed or corrupted in some way uh so we are racing to uh come to the defense of the cloud arc uh in this mission, as we're going through, we find some some strand nodes to you know allow us to traverse and and use strand a little more. And uh, the ghost in a dialogue, when you find one of those, those strand nodes, confirms that the strand nodes are coming from the veil. Well, shit. So darkness then that that seems pretty pretty far in the darkness category i mean this is this is starting to lean more and more towards if if the gift mast if he's saying the gift mast is of light and now he's saying the strand is coming from the veil and strand is of the dark yep this is getting pretty definitive this is kind of like erasing points from the light side of it and just (laughs) giving those points to the dark side like i don't maybe the veil is of the dark Say I'm I am of and I think we're far enough to to make the statement. I am of the opinion that the veil is of the dark. I I mean at this point, like this is pretty definitively of the dark. Like yeah, yeah. So well, uh, it's important too. The 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 attackers of the network and the and the cloud arc is Vex because of well, course it is Vex and Cabal. So it, they are it is both okay for some reason both. I remember it only being the vex. So what is happening is Callus understands that there is a link between the cloud arc and the veiled defenses. And so he's attacking the cloud arc to attempt to lower the defenses of the veil's vault so he can access oh, it. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah the vex sense. are taking advantage of that because the vex have always wanted access to the cloud arc because it's a giant you know it's a giant network that is powered by a paracausal battery, they want that. What better way to study <laughs> like, it? Yeah. Like yeah. that's that'd be the ultimate study tool, right? Like yeah, no, that I yeah. So yep, checks out. So the Vex are trying to take advantage of this and gain access to the cloud arc themselves and tie it to their Vex network. I uh, we that's, that's bad. Yes, that's bad. Um, <laughs> we are successful in rebuking their efforts. Uh, and maybe, maybe we can just ride a ship through, through hyperspace. We're pretty successful. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> so that, that kind of ends out um, the main details of that mission that we're going to touch on. Um, that brings us to mission five, but also before that, we want to discuss a cutscene that happened in the previous missions. Um, so specifically, this is a cutscene I that we we get a couple of views of this room that the newly anointed Callus is sitting in. It's kind of his throne room, and he is flanked on either side by tormentors and. The room itself is very callous. It's very uh, gaudy. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of gold everywhere for the sake of gold and, and opulence and blah, blah, blah. But the things we want to focus on are leading up to his throne are six pedestals, three on either side, that flank the walkway. And on each pedestal is a thing. I'm so excited about this. Like, I, I, like you have no idea. I'm like, yes. Now, um, we never get a great shot of all of them, but we do get a couple shots uh, of some of them. And although I don't have any, I, I can't point definitively to any of these six items, and they are all slightly different, and go, that is this, and that is this. Uh, there we can we can draw some theories around these one, items. One of them looks super familiar. <laughs> so uh, the the first item that we see, actually the only one that we see, Callus directly interact with, is like this gold and purple rock that he picks up and he transforms it into the chalice that he's walking around just with. It into that he keeps looking in the whole time. He keeps looking in this chalice like as if it's empty. Like is that? To me, that's like a metaphor for his life. I, I think so. I, I think that's exactly what it is. It's a metaphor, and and uh, it's a little later cutscene, but the the witness says, you know, you have no purpose. Your your fear keeps you from purpose, and at which he throws the chalice. Yeah. Uh, I think the chalice, it's callous. He's gold and shiny, but empty on yep. the inside. Yep. I, I that analogy was kind of like right, like kicks you right in the face, and you're just yeah. like, huh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that one is probably the least interesting of the six items. Presumably uh, that is just the cat. That is just the, the chalice. Like it was just in some like suspended state or something like that, that he just picks up and just that's, that's what I feel like that was either that as far or as like what an artifact would be. Yeah. Either that, or it was some combination. Like it, it may very well have been some combination of like his, uh, you know, like the purple or, from the Leviathan oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. mixed with some of this gold that's, you know, or, or resonant energy, which also has a gold hue to it. Yep. Uh, and like, that's how he's able to manipulate it because he has access to resonant, you know, manipulation. It's like, it's, like, it's almost like a test of power type thing. Like he picks up the first thing he sees and like, can I do something with this? And yeah. that's what it does. Yeah. So that aside, the other five items, uh, we're going to talk about the one that I think we are the most excited to talk about first. I, I, yes, we are. <laughs> so one of those items, and there's one shot that you get that's really good of it, is as you're facing Callus's throne, it is along the right-hand side. It is the second item, the, the middle pillar. And it looks 
an awful lot like a fossil or bone of some sort, and it shares a lot of properties with some of the fossils we saw uh, back on Io. That like shell looking, like the the snail shell spiral looking thing? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we know from the collector's edition of uh, Lightfall, from the books there, that Callus was influenced by an Ahamkara bone that he made, he, he made wishes on to become emperor and dispose of the Praetoria and to have yeah. a daughter. Yeah. And, you know, in very Ahamkara fashion, it was all monkey paw wishes. Uh, but we have, it, that looks awfully similar <laughs> to, uh, to stuff we've seen on IO and it it looks like I said very much like it could be bone or uh, uh, to, petrified to me, I, yeah. I was going to say it it looks like a calcified or petrified heart yeah it yep. it looks to me it looks like it has the chambers like it it looks like it's got the valves or the 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 main uh, arteries up coming out of the top of it like it looks like he's got an Ahamkara heart that's been calcified. I, I, I like, I, yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, like I zoned in on that. Like I, when I first saw it in that cutscene, I was just like, is that, is, is he still carrying around this heart? Is he still making wishes? Like, is he still empty inside? Is it, is it now feeding off of him? Like it, what, what the hell, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I zoomed in on this artifact and was like, I, I feel like this is it. I feel like this is an Ahamkara bone, and he's still making wishes on it. Very possible. And if that is the case, does the witness know what it is? Right. And is Does he have access to it? Can he make wishes? Is he doing bullshit too? I have to feel like the witness may be above the you know, desire in, in the way that Ahamkara feed, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. He does have a desire. Well, but remember for Mara, it wasn't that she didn't have a desire. It was that she so strongly believed that what she wanted was going to happen, that there wasn't her, a desire to make it reality. Happen. Therefore right. there was nothing to feed on because right. there was no th- thing to will into reality. And I see what you're saying. I feel like he might fall into that same boat. I, I think you're right. Like he's, he's as arrogant and, and I mean, throughout these cutscenes that we see of him, he's pretty goddamn powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He might be above that. So still up for debate, whether that's Ahamkara in nature or not. I think it's really cool to think that it is. And it makes a lot of sense considering they very specifically mentioned an Ahamkara bone in the collector's edition book. Um, so that was neat. The, the other artifacts on the other pedestals, I'm really not sure what to make of them. Um, there's like the two on that same side are, they look very similar to the, whatever he picked up and turned into the, into the chalice. Like they're just like blobby, moldy, shifting, they're liquidy just, looking thing. Yeah, like they're they're just kind of like blobs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we we don't get a good look at them, but they're just they're very nondescript blobs of something. Yeah. Uh now the other side is a little more interesting. So, uh you know, the the facing his throne, the left-hand side, the the first column is where he picked up the chalice from. 
but we get a really good view of the second and third column. And the second column has what almost looks like a, a silvery cocoon. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like it's, it's wrapped up in, uh, and now this is my theory. It's wrapped up in feathers or, or feather like structures. And perhaps this is a seed of silver wings. That's honestly, that's my thought. Like I, I have two ideas on it. My the, the seed of silver wings just seems to make sense there. Like this is something that where light and darkness have touched and it, this is the fruit of that. This is the, the, the creation. Like that's that, that it, it's gotta be. And only because of like later on in, in missions that. Yes, that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other idea I had was like maybe it's strand, like maybe it's because each one of those strand orbs that you that you see kind of has that like wrapping where it's like wrapping in on itself and true. Like maybe it could be strand, but I feel like these are physical items. I don't feel like yeah. anything on these pedestals are any type of like forces or anything like that. I, I I feel like they are physical items that actually exist in this world. So to me, the seed of silver wings. I think I think I'm like a 95% on that one. Like yeah. I feel like that's pretty close. Yeah, I don't I don't think strand makes sense. It's not the right color for it and Right. You know, it, as we discover, um Callus's like disruptors, it's it's paracausal disruptors because they do disable our light subclasses and our stasis subclass uh, yep. super. So both light and dark but not strand. So if, if he literally had it sitting on a platform, why wouldn't he have known? Why to wouldn't he have incorporated that in the software? In. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Unless he's just a lazy programmer. And we know there are lazy programmers that are just like, ah, it's strand. Nobody <laughs> even has access to that. It's fine. It's whatever. And then they find the one back door and they're like, ah, shit. Oh, we got to program this in now. Like, close these ports. Uh, put this up in the fire. Ah, oh, it's too late. They're in. Suck. Stop. Damn it. Yep. So the, the final artifact on that side uh, it looks very distinct, but I don't necessarily know what it is. It is a kind of diamond shaped, uh, it, like an eight sided dice. It, yeah. A, a DA or, um, like a plumb bob from the yep. Sims. Uh, yep. but it's, it's like blue and fractal kind of in, in to me, that its appearance. Right. That would be where I'd go to as well. But my I first, don't know. My first thought was like those those confluxes that you you shoot to like open doors and vow and stuff like that. But the more and more I look at it, it looks like those Vex confluxes that you shoot to like disable Vex shields. Yeah. I it, but it doesn't look exactly like one. Like it's it's right. similar, but it's different enough to go like it is it and what is it yeah so it's kind of a mystery item for the time being but it is very distinct if he had something of the vex like because and and this is kind of a theory that i think you and i have talked about before like the vex we we think of the vex as the final shape like they could they they are the most idealistic thing that would be like reduce everything down to where it is just vex like then yeah then the vex survive so like for the witness to have part of that and to want to achieve the final shape, I don't think would be out of the realm of possibility. Um, but again, like what you said, like it's not def- it's not exactly like those confluxes that the Vex have, but it's yeah. really really close, like really close. So with that information in mind, 
we now enter mission number five. And this one starts with a little cutscene between Osiris and Rohan. And I think the dialogue from Osiris in this cutscene can be uh, attributed, can be thought of in a couple different ways. So Osiris says, as he's kind of staring into the puka pond, um, he says out loud, what is this attraction? And then he tries to call for Sagira to run scans and Sagira's not there. Uh, and then Rohan comes in and says, you know, was I interrupting something? And Osiris says, no, I was just pondering the veil's effect on ghost. Now, Ooh. here's a, a connection. I, I didn't really put those two sentences together, but if Osiris is saying, what is this attraction? And then I'm pondering what the veil's effect on ghosts is, is he insinuating that ghosts are being drawn to the veil in some way opposites attract yeah i mean if, uh, if, if that's if that's true and we're thinking that the veil is darkness if we're pretty definitive now that the veil is of the darkness what better thing to attract it to than its opposite the light well and in the pyramid the, ship the conduits of the light are the ghosts like that's yeah, and in, in the pyramid ship on the moon, where this first happens to our ghost, our guardian is literally picked up and pulled into the ship. Yep, sucked into the ship. Yep, we don't even get a choice. So yeah, so, I, I, maybe. Maybe this is another point darkness. Like, this is... Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily a point one way or the other. Um, although, like we said, I think the veil is clearly in the dark column. Um, it's, it's very much, it's... 70 30 yeah but it it is odd even even if it is in the dark column like that there's that there is this like magneticism to ghosts and the veil like why what and that's kind of what that's 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 what osiris himself is pondering like what what is this why why is this happening uh but before we can get any kind of answer on that uh, his and Rohan's discussion is interrupted by the view of Callus's ship now flying, or one one of his like threshers, uh, now flying the radial mast, which is in a harness below the ship, uh, to the um facility that houses the Vale's vault. They're 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 kicking indoors. They're like, let's go. Yeah. We maybe Osiris wasn't so wrong, and they're like, we don't have time for this because guess what? You don't have time for this. Yep. <laughs> so Callus is taking the if he can't access the veil, he's just going to bring the the mast to it uh, and do it that way. Um, we fight our way through the facility that uh kind of houses you know we we don't get to the veil vault, but we we fight our way to where the mast has been. Uh, installed in the facility presumably above where the veil is to to punch down into it somehow and we you know we're fighting off their forces and uh osiris has decided that uh you know is, is convinced um that we should be able to control strand well enough he thinks <laughs> <laughs> to use it against this um, suppressor technology that has been utilized around the veil. Uh, so we fight our way through alongside Rohan. Uh, Nimbus has been pinned down elsewhere and is unable to join us. 
Uh, Rohan literally rides a hole through one of the walls. Yeah. and to give us an entry point, and we follow along until we come upon the radial mast again. I, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't entirely sure what was happening here, uh, but I think upon rewatching that I, I have a better idea of the order of events. So the, the radial mast is open, kind of like you can see uh inside of inside of the containment and rohan rides into that opening and i think he's literally using his body as a barrier to prevent the mast from like activating like he's he's preventing the switch from fully closing all the way well because i i think it's even more than that i think he physically closes it to stop it from coming out ah that could be because like during the fight it's closed that's true it is closed so i think i think he physically closes it in on himself like cages himself inside and is holding it shut to keep whatever's inside from getting out and accessing everything outside while we try to defend the thing and fend off forces and stuff gotcha i yeah i i like that interpretation um it, it it is it makes a little more sense than him trying to hold it open I because like like to me like if it's if it's a containment thing and it's like a con- I I think of the outside shell as like a container and I think the I think the gift mass is the the trident looking thing inside yeah. of it. Yep. That's that's my interpretation of like the gift mass because again thinking of or or the <laughs> radial mass. See now I'm, I I think that's interchangeable. <laughs> I think I think they are the same. Yeah. Thing, I'm I'm thinking of this giant thing that's been fractured into millions of pieces and it is just a it's it's like a shard of the traveler right like it's just a piece of this gift mast and so they need some way to house it and carry it around and contain it and all that stuff so that way presumably if it is of the light it doesn't suppress them. Like, yeah, right. That's like the witnesses of the darkness. He is the darkness. If he's just walking around with a piece of the gift mask in his hand, what the fuck does that do to him? <laughs> does it just yeah. shut his hand off? Like, <laughs> so I think, I think that that outside section of it is like a, some type of protective container to kind of keep it contained within. So that way it doesn't harm anyone of the darkness and they can freely move it about and deploy it and stuff and pop it open and, and do things with that. Uh, so yeah, to me that just kind of makes sense. And then, like I said, having Rohan, he, like you said, he flies into the center of it and is like, okay, do your thing and whoop, shuts it. And is yep. like, I'm going to just hold this shut while you're fighting stuff off. Uh, please do something. Yeah. Now I, I like that interpretation better than it just like almost, practically squishes him for a little bit and then he forces it open later on. Yep. Uh, now that I'm going with that headcanon now. Uh, All right. Yeah, so I did one. Yeah. We, we fight off the forces that are come to, to try and keep us out away from this. Uh, and we use strand to do it and we're successful. And then at that crucial moment, strand. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then when it comes to that crucial moment and Rohan, uh, you know, has has the the mast opened and the weak point is is available, and he says, "Okay, now, you know, do your thing, shoot it with with your new ability." We can't. We don't have access to it anymore. Our guardian we get is hungover. in hangover, super hungover, mode. super fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, obviously Rohan can't 
sit there and hold on to this thing and wait for us to, you know, do whatever we need to do to regather ourselves. And I, again, if the mast harms the veil, then the power for Niamuna shuts off and all of the citizens are dead. So Rohan decides that his best bet is to end this now definitively by uh, essentially self-destructing. Rohan, no! There's gotta be a better way! <laughs> so uh, Rohan sacrifices himself, blows, blows up with the mast. He is successful in destroying the Which is the first time the that's mast. ever happened to a Cloud Strider. Yes. Cloud Striders have always lived out their little 10-year lifespan. This is the first time that a Cloud Strider has ended it prematurely. Yeah, and we learn that um, after the fact from Nimbus, who says that they always reach their expiration date. No one's ever gone yep. early. Um, so Rohan succeeds in destroying the, the now I'm doing it, the radial mast. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. Um, succeeds Winter, in darkness, gardener, wet light, sky. It's all the same thing. <laughs> and now the veil is safe for the time being. Um, we get Hopefully a, they don't have more shards of this gift mask <laughs> just laying not. around. Like. Uh, now, before we talk about the scene that comes at the end of that, the room this is in has some really interesting artwork. Yeah. Love, and I love this mural that's up in this room. It's... It's really there's so much going on with the with this mural. Um and now presumably I guess the the big question is I uh, this mural I assume is Neomunian. That's that's what I think. Cuz it's it's in a Neomunian facility that it that it right. takes place. Uh and I don't know exactly what it's describing. There there are bits and pieces I can get here and there. So uh, at the top of the mural is five figures sitting at a table. Uh, I assume... Very Last Supper looking. Very Yes, very Last Supper looking. I'm assuming that these are to represent the founders of Neomuna. I like um, that idea. Who were, you know, the, the original, uh, the, the first people that landed here. Uh, Which we'll, we'll talk about more in the next episode. Yeah. Um, and then coming off of that, we have kind of this pillar underneath their table that I, I don't exactly know what to make of. Um, there are bits I personally of it. think it's the veil because it's got, that I, I think at the bottom for sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, there, cause there's, there's like a little bit between, and I don't know if that's a physical representation of the cloud arc perhaps. Ooh, I do uh, like that idea. Because it, it looks very reminiscent of the servers that um, are in the memorial room. Yep. Kind of that, that, that boxy section there. And then we get into kind of a, a more circular section that is, uh, has two people on either, either end kind of like holding it in, um, which I would assume are representative of the cloud striders. There's, always, there's only ever two at a time. I'd agree with that. And they're protecting 
uh, this, you know, in this representation, they're protecting the veil, which is kind of this circular, uh, you know, depiction down near the bottom of the mural. I like that idea. Now, interestingly enough, below that even more, you have uh, a group of people that are clothed very similarly to the people at the top of the mural at the table. I assume these are the Neomunians, and I assume these, this is representative of the Neomunians that are now living in their cryopods because those pods are described as being deep underground. I like that idea. I, I, all of this is, I, yes, on all of this. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, flanking either side of the Neomunians in this mural at the very bottom is what very much appears to be guardians or depic- depictions of guardians. And that is half skeletal, half, you know, person with little uh, ghosts next to them. Yep. Half light, half dark. Mm-hmm. Like all, all of that to me screams guardian. So yeah, that, that portion with those two, I don't know what the fuck that's about. Like, <laughs> I don't hear these things. Like, are yeah. they saying that the guardians are bad? Are they saying that the guardians should be there with them? I don't, I don't have a clue on that. Like that's, <laughs> I, I got nothing. Cause even, cause there's even more to this mural too. There's two parts of it that are in, that are like further back. So it's almost like a three part mural. And even on the back parts, there's guardians in those. They're depicted in there too. And like some of them are even have like, they're holding little hand cannons and like, what are you trying to say, Neomuna? Like, I don't, now, just tell me. Yeah. Now we we know that they still called the still called Lightbearers warlords. That they still That's had that that kind of older, more vicious notion of Lightbearers, and that they assumed that they were going to have to fight them at some point if they ever came across them at Neomuna. Oh, so this could be like a warning mural, like a the, like a prediction. They could be, you know, the boogeyman for the yeah. Neomunian people. Are the guardians or or the warlords as they called them. I like that. I do like that idea. So there is a lot going on with this mural and the others in this room. I they all seem to be depictions generally of some variation of of kind of what we already talked about, but take a minute when you when you do that mission and just look at it. And and really, really just inspect it. it. Yeah, because there is a ton of on, really on the right interesting hand side, info. There's like a there's like a, a female figure that's like hugging four Neomunians. I like I I don't know if that's like if that's supposed to be like the five original founders as well. I don't I don't know what that's about. There there's clearly there's one that's clearly a picture of the traveler. Like it's very yeah. very obvious that there's a traveler. Um, there's like this like metallic teethy skull looking thing and then opposite like it's all bathed in light and then opposite is more of like a cloud strider that's like bathed in dark which again if the cloud striders draw their abilities from the arc and everything is from the arc and the arc is of darkness and they're drawn in darkness like this is kind of leaning even more that way like there's so much to this three-piece mural that i just it it it's why like how how do they yeah like what is the imagery that's going on here and how do I connect it? And what do I make of this? So yeah, again, when you have the opportunity to do that mission, just stay in that room for a bit and really try and 
try and drink it in because there is yeah. a lot of like hy- hieroglyphics, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, there. no, absolutely. Uh, but so at the end of of this mission, mission five, um, the witness communicates with Callus via a dream, um, and essentially Callus is making excuses for why you know the mast was destroyed and there's been setbacks and. Uh, the witness hits him with the whole, you know, you're weak because you have no purpose because you're too afraid to seek one out. Uh, and Callus starts to, you know, starts to get a little indignant, starts to be like, well, you have all the power of the universe. Why are you, you know, not taking what you want for yourself? Just, just Thanos snapped this shit, bro. Yeah. And uh, we don't see it happen, but we see Callus's reaction to based on the shadow on the ground, the witness changing shape in some way. What what the fuck does he show him? And getting much larger. uh, And Callus is immediately, he is scared shitless. He is terrified. He immediately submits. Like it it will be done with it. Like he, I mean, he immediately submits. He like to have that much of a, of a turn on a dime reaction of like, well, you're all powerful. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, bro? And then to immediately be like, yes, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. what the fuck did he show him? Well, what and, did he turn into? And when they zoom in on, on Callus's face, you can see the seams around his helmet where he's bleeding now. Like blood is coming down the, his head what the fuck is he doing? behind the helmet. Really what this makes me think of is like old school eldritch horror. Like yeah. something that is so you know, wrong to, to view that yeah. it, it deals damage to the viewer. Yeah. Uh, so I like it's, that. It's I like that cool. idea. It's, it's freaky as shit. Like they, as much as they have like uh, the, the, there's a little bit of humor throughout the, throughout the campaign. There's a little bit of, but it, the mo- majority of it feels very dire. Um, and then like yeah. this scene feels straight up, like what you said, Eldritch horror, like very, very, Bungie's firing all cylinder on all cylinders here to hit that that horror beat there for a second. Yeah. Um so we get into mission number six. Callus is being forced to change up his strategy, and so he shifts his attention back to the cloud arc once more. Um and this time he succeeded in bringing down the Neomunia defense systems. Uh Nimbus says the defenses are reading as offline. I uh, and this has opened up a security hole for the Vex. And the Vex net now has access to the Cloud Arc because, you know, the firewall is down. <laughs> I was going to say, the <laughs> firewall's been shut off. Uh, and so the Vex are now also very interested in getting access to the Cloud Arc and, you know, therefore the, the veil. Uh, so we are in the vex network for a good portion of this mission and within the vex network we are fighting taken that because, threw me off yeah so uh the taken are are explained to be there because uh callus and or the witness has identified the vex have a back door into this system we're gonna go send our forces that way and if the taken can do a hop from Vexnet to cloud arc they can also do the hop from cloud arc to veil yep so 
we're fighting Taken through the Vex network and Vex. Um, and we get some dialogues uh, during this mission, which I think is the strike, technically. Yes. Uh, where you ride the... You, there's a sparrow section in yep. it? Yep. Yep. So in this mission, and I, I don't know if these are unintelligible if you don't have the correct item equipped they are unintelligible they if you are don't oh no oh. wait no wait i think in there i think it is i think you can hear it because th- that's where i made the connection of holy shit myth was right and thank god they didn't do what they i thought they were gonna do <laughs> okay so i whether they're intelligible or not these are whispers that we hear from a at the moment unnamed source i uh, and they are, uh, they say in those whispers, um, well, now oh, I have the one for the lost sectors, but apparently I don't have this one. Uh, it, how, more or less, how dare you? How more dare or less you? Is along the lines, <laughs> I know. I know. So, so many notes. I missed one. Uh, I know this, this was a lot of info to take in, but it's, it's more or less along the lines of, um, this entity saying like, Oh, this is such a realm of possibility. Like I have, I can now access, uh, this place of consciousness and, uh, how it, it is, it will be, um, very sustaining food more or less. Um, and even ghost, I think at that point is like, what, what was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. I, at at which point they're like, yes, but ignore it because taken are there and we know they're bad. We'll figure out that mystery later. (laughs) One bad guy at a time, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we, I fight our way through, we end up taking out the taken, um, I believe it's a taken Hydra. That's the it final is. boss. Yep. Very, very Quaria looking. Yep. Um, which would make sense. Taken Hydra to bridge the path between two yep. networks. Um, we are successful in defeating them and Nimbus, uh, confirms that defenses have now been restored after the defeat of the taken. Uh, however, we still get a few more, uh, dialogues from this voice who identifies themselves as I am pain. I am fear. I am Nezarak. Boom. Mic drop. And I was, I was so happy. I was, when he said Nezarak, I was like, thank fucking God, (laughs) which then just made me like, connect a thousand other pieces of information was like okay he's got to be the raid boss it's this is this is what we're i think it's pretty likely raid. Yeah. like the fact that like now the quicksilver gun the i am becoming one again i think i think he was kicked out of paradise i don't think he left of his own accord like i think the witness like disintegrated him like separated his mind from his body and trapped it somewhere and he wants out and using this network and to feed off this network is what's is what's going that or he could be the ultimate source of power like the fact that his body still housed darkness in it and mithrak's mom went and chopped it up and was like hey let's use his finger for blowing shit up like let's go um which 
Nope. Don't go there, Nick. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, there, there's, 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 there's so many questions here, but so many data points that connect there that, uh, uh, I'm so glad that they didn't just like Mithrax boiling all the bits down and making darkness tea for Osiris was like, okay, there you go. That's the end of Nezarek. Now we have more to it. And I'm super, super excited because I'm 99% sure now that Nezarek is going to be like the final boss of the of the raid, or he's going to play a huge part in the raid. It's going to be like, a, we're going to try to shut him down or stop him from escaping or something like that. I don't know. I feel like he's going to be a very, very, very big part of the raid now. Yeah, no, I, I think he is absolutely... I'm on, on the same tra- train. I think there's no way he isn't the, the raid boss. Uh, just like the too many things line up for it not to be. Um but so Nezarek identifies themselves as, uh, I am pain. I am fear. Um, he has been identified on other objects such as Nezarek sin as being the God of pain and nightmare. Uh, and I think based on his dialogues, he literally feeds on similar, I guess, to how an Ahamkara feeds on desire. I think Nezarek feeds on fear. It's could uh, he possibly be the, equal and opposite of an ahamkara i don't know if desire is the opposite of fear um sure. so but seems to to be similar at least as to how he gains power is through um you know feeding off people's psychological pain and fear and the other bit that he says in this is he says that he needs to gain power to escape his prison of in between so that's, that's where I think he's trapped. I think he's. I think yes, his, his consciousness has been separated and it's been trapped, and he's he wants out. And what better source of sustenance for a fear feeding god than an entire system of connected consciousnesses that he can give nightmares to and just drink it all feed. up, feed all day long. Yeah. So, and that's like that to me also says a lot more too cuz like we know that the nightmares of the pyramid on the moon were almost like a almost like a defense. Yeah. But I'm starting to think that they're less of a defense and more of a trap. I think yeah, I think they're just remnants of his power. I think that I think was so. his ability was he would show someone their worst fear and then it literally Feed made him it. more powerful to do yep. that. Yep. So I'm starting to think that the that the and then of course Cal is trying to access that ability and use it. So I think this is possibly another darkness ability. It could possibly be like the nightmares themselves. Like to be able to to do that nightmare thing could be uh, of a higher being, uh, like an Ahamkara style being, where it feeds off Maybe. of that. Like it could be a, a darkness ability. Like I don't know. I, I'm I'm starting to lean more towards since they since it, the nightmares very much center around the uh um the moon um pyramid and that that specific ship was Nezarek's because that's where his glaive was found the Nezarek whisper uh we know that glaives were given to disciples of the witness so maybe he's the last of his kind he could be like the last uh nightmare ahamkara i don't know what to call him other than that um and that he was just that powerful that he could have possibly started feeding off of the witness himself. And so then the witness was like, separate, boom, and separates his mind from his body and locks him away. And it's like, this is too goddamn powerful. 
can't have that shit running around and then just abandons it. Like let's yeah. just forget about it. Cause that's, that to me is like the easiest way to uh, make something go away is just completely abandon it and, and have no reference of it at all. Uh, and I mean, you see that throughout uh, historical things of, of like, well, if nobody can ever remember this and nobody can ever think of it, it can never be a harm to anyone ever again. So let's just pretend like it never existed. Like it, like it wasn't there in the first place. Yeah. So like, like that, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of data points here that that like, I could be squirreled on, and yeah, it's it's exciting. It I'm is so exciting. glad that they did, and and and, they, and the unintelligible whispers. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yes, because uh, later on in some of the other story missions, uh, and we found my wife and I found this out. Uh, if you have any part of Nezrex equipped, so if you have the helm or if you have the uh, um, the glaive, the glaive. Or I think even the Eververse um, uh, chest piece. Oh, yeah. I think if you have any one of those three equipped, instead of seeing at the bottom of your screen with ch- with with uh, subtitles that says Unintelligible Whispers, he'll talk to you. You can hear it. Like, he has an actual voice, and, and there's actual dialogue there, which, of course, now I have to go look up, or, of course, Myth has already... <laughs> Gone and looked it up. Well, Myth didn't have to look it up because guess who's a void warlock that never takes <laughs> Nezarek Sin off? So he thought it was just like, hey, he's just talking cool. And then come to find out, hey, this is a little Easter egg. Like if you have this stuff on, you get to hear him. If you don't, it's, you don't even know what he's saying. Yeah. So um, there isn't enough info to do a whole Nezarek episode. So I'm just going to do a little Nezarek deep dive here. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily about his history or anything, but just what we learn in uh, Lightfall, uh, and specifically what those extra whispers are. So as you're progressing through, um, you, well, you know what? These are actually related to a post-campaign quest. So we're going to save so we'll it save for it. that post-campaign yeah. quest. We'll either save it for that or we'll save it for the for the raid episode that you know we're going to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and maybe we'll get more dialogue and more info. Maybe so. But uh, so regardless, after this point, though, after you finish this mission and Nezarek has spoken to you, if you go around and talk to the little patrol uh, beacons, which are like are different people or their their avatars, um, every now and then one of the patrols will mention like, yeah, we're we're getting weird distortion in the cloud arc. And a lot of people are reporting having these nightmares and being spoken to in their dreams. And, you know. It like he's he's infecting the system. Like he absolutely is. This is no longer a like, hey, maybe it's here, maybe it's not. He is actively attacking the system. Yes. Uh and feeding to become more powerful. Uh, I I am becoming whole again. Ah, I'm so I'm so excited. (laughs) So excited. So uh moving on to the next mission. There's really not much to talk about here. The next mission is a strand training montage. That is what it's, it is. It's fuck. <laughs> this was the mission that finally, because there's a little cutscene that goes, I think, before it or after it. I don't remember which, but there's a little cutscene of Osiris and Ghost and you, and you're like sitting there training, and it is literally like an 80s B movie training montage. Like, I totally expected to just be like, are, are we just going to start here? Like, it's the final 
countdown. Like I thought, I thought like it was just gonna be full, and like that right there, like that specific scene was like made me think like this entire Lightfall thing. Like that gave me the full '80s vibe of like, yeah, that's what Lightfall is. It's just this huge '80s vibe of like this this perfect light future. Like we Tron and inside video games and stuff. Like it, it, that, like put it all together for me. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty great for what it was. Uh, there's nothing story relevant other than we learned how to use Strand. Was really yep. all it came down we to. We finally but master it. It was still don't get access to it till the end of the campaign, but we do no. finally get like where we can use it freely and it doesn't like kill us because throughout that training montage, <laughs> yeah. it kills us several times. Yep. And Ghost and Osiris look at each other and they just shake their heads and they're like, "No, this this, this guy sucks." Very oh. '80s B movie training montage. I loved it. Absolutely loved that scene. So that puts us right into mission number eight. Um, I believe it's eight. The the penultimate the mission. mission. The one before the final mission. Okay. Um, so, or no, this is, this is, excuse me, this is the final one. So uh, we are now, you know, we're, we're as prepared as we think we're going to be. And we know Callus is gathering to attack the Veil Vault. All hands on deck, uh, all Shadow Legion, yep. all everything. Attack the vault. Yeah, he's growing desperate. He has nothing else really to to do. He's tried all the other avenues, and now it's just brute force break down the door. I uh, so we gather our defenses um, at the Veil containment facility. I uh, we find that you know we take out some some AA guns to allow Keitel to bring in her forces. Uh, and we learn that Nimbus has brought online a Ishtar orbital laser. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fucking eye on cannon. <laughs> it's so awesome. He's like, paint the target. And I was like, I understand this. <laughs> so yeah, we, you pick up a little, a little scope and you, you know, you laser a target for a couple seconds and this giant laser beam comes down and just obliterates it. Um, I blew up a tank. I blew up the moon. <laughs> <laughs> which, which really, really cool. Awesome scene. Awesome. Like little action piece to play. However, there's a little inconsistency in the narrative there because if they have an orbital defense station that is in Neptune's orbit, why did no one ever see that when they were searching Neptune for Osiris? did. Elsie Bray went there and found a a giant handprint on it. Was that and above Neptune? I think that was above Neptune. I'm 99% sure that that one was above Neptune. That's where she found the Quicksilver gun. That's where she found the ghost with the Quicksilver on it. So I I don't think it's like that Let's far out see. of possibility that that the Cloud Strider didn't just go up there and be like, hey, I need this for you know ion cannon let's make this work i think i think that was an active defense thing above neptune very possible let me let me find was that in quicksilver i don't um, remember if it was in the quicksilver storm I, no i, don't I think it was in the ghost i think it was in the ghost, the ghost shell. shell itself toki uh, uh but i don't remember the name of the i don't remember the name of the ghost shell though yeah i don't either off the top of my head I know it was I know it was last season's uh it was one of the ones was it from last season or is it one of the ones you get from the, the You get it from the Lightfall pre-order. Oh, uh, okay. So that would be possibly season 
18? I think it was plunder, maybe. That, that those right. became available. That might be right. I'm trying to I'm trying to like sort through items here and I know. In my collections and like find it real quick. Let's see. Under equipment. Go to ghost shells. 18. Uh yep. Uh speed metal shell. Speed metal. The, okay. I was searching speed one. stir. And that wasn't right. <laughs> uh Mr. Speck metal. of a station on the way to Pluto. So it doesn't specifically say okay. that it's that it's above, but if it's the if it's a speck of a station on the way to Pluto, I mean it, Neptune is literally the last thing before Pluto, um, right? It does go does it go Neptune Uranus or is it Uranus Neptune? Uh, Uranus is between Neptune and Saturn, so so yeah, so it is so it is then Saturn Uranus Neptune Pluto, so yeah, um, or not Pluto because <laughs> right, fuck you NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so I I think so yeah. this thing is stationed above Neptune. I think it I think that is the orbital station. Um considering like I said, she finds a giant handprint in there. She finds the the ghost shell, she finds or, or she finds the ghost rather Toki. She finds the the quicksilver gun like everything about this says that it's it's there. She finds the puka there like yep. yep. I mean, that's everything about this station is uh, to me, says it's it's the orbital station above Neptune. Yeah, like no, this, abs- this is the Ion Cannon station. I, that's canon for me. I think that makes perfect sense. Boom! So, I did it. I made great. a connection. That's twice in an episode, Myth. There you go. You're on a roll. I'm getting scared here, man. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, the this Ishtar weapon though comes into comes in uh, handy for us taking out tanks and such. I, uh, and we we are we're pushing back. Callus's forces were successfully defending. Keitel is with us. She has landed with some of her forces. They're doing battle she, as well. She definitely has a stake in this battle. Like she's she yeah. wants her father dead. Say so things things are looking like we're going to succeed. And then a giant uh, I don't want to say void, because that has certain connotations, but a giant like the the purple callus head from Leviathan shows yeah. up. And I uh, essentially says nah we're getting in and does some kind of blast attack that breaks the door down to the vault of the veil i i do like hesitating to call it void because again that's right like, like, uh, same idea with the tormentors like where are they getting this void power from if these things are supposed to be darkness why do they have access to the light where are they getting this light void again it's always void so there's that like one little possibility that okay right. they smuggled it out of this out of the throne world like cause there's no way that Savathun now again Savathun is very savvy she's very deceptive she could have had an eye on everything but maybe not like it's it's an it's an unknown yeah. like there's a there's an iffy point there well and it could have been looted after she was out of the picture too that's true because once once she was out and Amaru was out like we don't know where Amaru's gone off to like we have no. Yeah, no inkling at all where he's at. We know he's still alive, presumably still alive. I don't think he was like absorbed back into the traveler. No, as far uh, as we know, he's still out there. Um, yeah, like they they've taken very specific measures with how they're storing her remains. They to try and the prevent entire, Yep, they scrape the entire area of all DNA of her to where he can't like yeah. pick up even just like the singlest thread of her and reser from that because that's all they need. Apparently, is just a single strain of DNA, and they can res the entire guardian so yeah like it they the hidden and everything is have 
done very much like kept her basically in stasis because it's it's better to have her there and know where she's at rather than her just floating around doing whatever she's trying to do and not have eyes on her. So yeah, yep. presumably Amaru is still out there plotting Dreadlord Amaru stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Callus breaks down the door and uh we are now like okay we need to get in there and get to the veil before he does we need to set up defenses and try and prevent him from getting to it um now what's interesting we access this this vault of sorts and uh it becomes very clear very quickly uh and i i don't i think this was mentioned before this but if you didn't pick up on it now you knew this was a ishtar collective colony yep uh, the facility, the vault facility is Ishtar collective everywhere. Um, but it's derelict. It doesn't look like any, and not, not just necessarily like people haven't been in it since lockdown happened. I don't think people have been in it period in a very long time. For centuries. And what kind of backs that up is as you're progressing through the facility, Nimbus says, according to Niamuni lore, the veil is deep, deep underground. He's, he's speaking of it as like a myth, yep. which implies no one has even seen the veil in recent history. I'd, I would agree with that assessment. So we're, we're continuing um, to, to go down, and eventually you end up on a kind of glass bottom platform where you can finally see the top of the veil. I uh, and ghost says that they're they're feeling very strange when you when you find the veil and you're looking at it and uh they specifically say it's a feeling similar to the traveler but they they can't elaborate on it any more than that yeah like it i mean similar but not quite so right similar light, but maybe different of the darkness i don't know man um the veil itself to me it looks like a jellyfish it like does. The, the top of it looks like a jellyfish is, is what we're seeing. Absolutely. Um, this like gooby, goobly gook, clear, kind of like trans transparent, not, not quite clear, but very transparent, purple, efflorescent, yeah. neon-ish. Like it's, the, yeah, it's, it's very much like a, like a deep sea jellyfish is what it looks like to me. Yeah. So, but we're only at the top of it. And so we, we have to keep going down to get to where there's access to the veil. We're just kind of in like an observation deck. Um, and so we're, we're keep going down through the facility and we stumble upon uh, an ancient cloud arc prototype in the, in this vault, uh, very like close to the veil. And, and console looking thing. Yeah. It looks like where someone would sit down and kind of like, strap themselves into a VR headset type thing. Yep. Uh, like a whole VR console though. Like not, yeah, not even just yeah. a headset, like a full immersive 3d th surrounding themselves in this thing. So the, you know, the, the cloud arc is very much a, uh, a system that seems to have come from the Ishtar collective. You know, they, and and that's that is a, something that I uh, well I guess that'll be a question for later. But the cloud arc is something that they built um, around the veil, not necessarily they didn't build it and then find the veil to power it kind of thing. Yep. 
that's that's definitely the way it seems and especially like the further and further down inside this facility that you go and you find like like almost like almost like evolution models of this thing like you find yeah. the first one it's very crude and you get further down and like now they're like really like almost like almost like the like an at home kit <laughs> looking yeah. style yeah. pod and and like the more and more you get down like you're seeing these this evolution of it so it definitely seems like they found the veil there and then was like hey this is an immense source of power it can do anything. Let's, let's utilize it. And then went from there. Yeah. So we continue further down um, until we reach the base of the veil, this platform, and you can look up into kind of the bottom of that swirling jellyfish thing. Uh, But growing out of it around the sides of the room are what look like roots almost yeah uh, like tree like roots very very much like that tree of silver ring roots or or I, I guess there's any type of tree roots um yeah. giving it more of that like jellyfish appearance too having like the jellyfish legs on the bottom yeah but but they are um you know they're they're kind of white with uh some of that kind of purple translucence around them i uh, very you know very interesting it, it feels like you've you've found the you've dug under the base of a tree kind of thing Yep. Uh, but lo and behold, Callus has beat us here because he apparently just had like a drill or something and tunneled straight down rather than not, hop not really through the sure facility. Not really sure how he hopped through faster than us because we were booking it through that facility. Yeah, they they know, do man. they do mention at one point there's a bunch of crashes you hear and and whatnot. And Nimbus says you know Callus is is drilling straight down into the the room or whatever using um, using his giant purple head beam. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Very very uh, 80s like ha ha ha. But so this is where we have our final showdown with the campaign boss, which is Callus. God damn, that was a hard fight. It wasn't yeah, not an easy one by any means. Um but as far as the lore significant bits of that fight, not a whole lot outside of he is very much using resonant power yep. to create Constantly. the weapons he's using create the uh, weapons create the shielding that he's using yep. summon in more enemies um like res he has full control over resonance like it 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 definitely doesn't seem like it has like one specific thing that it's doing yeah it it, it is a multitude of things it's it's just like uh it's just like us as guardians using our light powers like arc doesn't just give you arc souls like you can use it with slam attacks. You can use it with uh, a twirly stick to deflect all of enemy attacks in PvP because you're a dick. Uh, it's not like Void where it's like you just have Nova Bomb or Nova Warp or a bubble or something like that. Like it, it has multiple facets of it, so it yep. definitely seems like it's it is a multi-part uh, power. Yeah, that he can do pretty much anything he wants with it. Yeah, so he's he's dropped these little shield nodes. He can shoot bees at you like caretaker. Um yep. he has this like gatling gun that he just apparates out of thin air that's made of of this resonant energy. That um, also shoots nonstop gatling gun bees at you. Yep. Yep. I shit fucking he, hurts, man. He um eventually I uh, you get into phase two and he splits the gun. Like he he I 
I didn't watch him do it. I was too busy running. Oh, I watched him several times doing it. (laughs) (laughs) He literally like holds the gun up like a, um, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe, but he literally like it, it kind of elongates into like a, uh, almost like a guillotine looking sword, Ah, uh, a falling guillotine. And then he literally pulls it apart and he's got two glaives there. Yeah. He's also using this stuff to do beam attacks with like, he's, this stuff is all powerful. Yeah. It uh it hurts. It hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. <laughs> uh but seems to have augmented his speed as well. Like yep. <laughs> uh he he essentially goes from and, and this this was interesting. He goes from the emperor, you know, using every all of his new power and trying to beat us to us prevailing over at over that, and then technically his weapons are still from resonant, but he's reverted to like a cabal gladiator now. Yeah. I, th- I thought the significance of that was really important too. like to see this almighty, all powerful emperor to kind of being reduced down to like the basis of like the basic cabal figure of this gladiator arena. Cause even, even that arena that you fight in, like the veil kind of like closes in around you yep. and it like shuts off part of the arena. So now you really are in an arena with like no cover, no, like there's, there's, he's summoning, he's summoning in scions every once in a while, but they're, they're just kind of mad. They're more of an annoyance than anything at that point yeah. in time. But he is the true threat. He is this dual wielding gladiator, no helmet, no armor, like, you know, fist on chest, like, let's go. Like it, it, it was very, and and I think even his title changes there too, because I think in the first one he is like Callus the Emperor, blah 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 blah. But then in that second phase, his name changes to Callus the Disciple. Like it's it's I don't know. It's 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 like an evolution and a de-evolution at the same time. It's 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 very primal fight. It's yeah. It's fucking hard as shit. Like it's it was <laughs> yeah. It was a very very good uh, uh, scene there. Yeah, and from a. You know, from from his history, Callus as emperor was always trying to do away with the old militaristic ways. He was trying to do away yep. with the rights approving and, uh, you know, get rid of the the war the warmongering, um, and replace it with you know opulence and celebration. And for his final stand to be, kind of a return to that you know, warmongering you know, cabal get in there and and cleave you in two with their own bare hands kind of thing uh was was an interesting kind of character uh reversal i guess yeah yeah so but regardless we in some cases after many hours stand victorious goddamn 10 (laughs) hours over two days man that shit sucked (laughs) yeah we uh we stand victorious over Callus, uh, and similar to Rulk, he explodes into those kind of dark roots or or yep. yeah for like, I don't know what what else to call them but like the, these like darkness veins, roots. almost like a circulatory system p- yeah. pouring out of it but very very root like very very much like that idea of like that luster that 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 um that kind of like like it it like pours out type thing and like that's the only thing that's holding him together type thing. Yeah, and I, I think that is I think that is representation of the power the witness has instilled into him. And yep. with his death, he's not he's not holding it in anymore. So it's just kind of like, you know, it, it just expands outwards uh and and is is present that way. 
And so Keitel comes down to observe, you know, confirm the death of Callus essentially. Uh, and Nimbus is also also joins us there, and we get a scene where we're we're under the veil. I uh, the the roots of the veil, as we said, have kind of grown down around the arena during the the second part of that fight. And we're under there, and we're you know we've we've done it. We're victorious, and our ghost starts floating away, and starts speaking with the voice of the witness and is saying like, ah, there, you know, there you are the, the final piece. Um, and the, the witness has possessed our ghost again. Uh, and they float up to the veil. And what's interesting is Osiris over the comms is telling us like, you know, stop your ghost, stop your ghost. Almost as if he knew that the ghost was going to be a danger in this location. Yeah. He like, knows something. I don't know what he knows, but he knows something. Yeah. I don't know if he's just attributing that to the whole, the ghosts are attracted to the veil or if, or if he knows more than that, but he is very adamant. Very, like, like his comms are very staticky. So I'm curious if he like, he's, he's watching this feed somewhere and like, he's trying to warn, like he sees what's happening and That's you possible. as the guardian don't. And now he's getting, now he's getting cut off. Now the comms are getting cut off. Yeah, that's totally possible. But needless to say, the ghost does make contact with the veil and establishes a link between the veil and the witness. I, uh, and a, another little note. So, in order to, to try and prevent this at one point, Keitel's trying to get us to, to shoot our ghost, to destroy it before it can, it can do this. Uh, and in that scene, our guardian is given the default Kvostov assault the rifle. OG white <laughs> fucking freshly rezzed guardian. Here's your Kvostov. So presumably we've just been carrying this around for nine years. Right. Like... Uh, that's what we use to kind of scope in on our ghost. And the interesting thing, every time we have seen the witness, it has been through that kind of shattered glass motif. Our Kvostov has a broken sight. It's so, it's it like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I'm not going to claim to know what that means. It was just a really interesting detail where it's like, there's too much lining up for that not there to mean is. anything. There is like I don't know what that does. That means that like is is the witness partially responsible for resing these ghosts? Like what does that mean? I know. So, uh, but regardless, our we do not shoot our ghost. I uh, and they are successful in establishing the link. Would, um, wouldn't that be the revelation of the century, though? Is that, that the witness? was actually the one that like helped release the ghost. And then the traveler was just kind of powerless. And so now the traveler's just like, well, I got to do something with all these dead bodies. Hey, you know, I feel like there are, I feel like there's still enough mystery that a revelation <laughs> like that could, could come out of this at something. some point. Um, but regardless, we see a beam go from the veil uh, it goes from, you know, blasts out of the, the vault off of Niamuna all the way to the witness. And now this, this was something I wasn't sure about. 
I think based on the veil being dark that the, it was going to the witness. Yeah. Yep. However, because of where the witness was located kind of between Niamuna and the traveler, I also wonder if it was going to the traveler and the witness intentionally intercepted it. I, I could know. see it either way. Could, I'm, yeah. I'm leaning more towards it. Just, it was meant for the witness because they're of I think the same, so. you know, kind, but, uh, since the but, veil seems know. to be 100%, uh, I'm still 70, 30 on it. 70% <laughs> sure that it's darkness related, that yeah. it was like an empowering thing for him. Cause maybe, cause, and that's the other thing too. Like, is that the pale heart? Is that what was right? stolen away? Like, did Savathun steal the witness's heart? And that's what stopped the collapse. That's what actually saved the collapse, saved the, the soul system in the first place. And so then the witness had to retreat because he didn't know where this this ultimate source of power went. Like, I don't know. There's there's a lot of, like, unknowns with it. And, it, like, for that to be the final piece, like, if the witness gets his hands on it, like, that's it. But then for the witness to want to destroy it? Or is that, like, subterfuge to get us to get near it so that way he could get reconnected with it? Like, what... There's that's, so many, like, little that's things That's a very here. good possibility. Perhaps it was... Perhaps he didn't care who got to it first, us or Callus. He just wanted someone to do it. It's all just a means it. to the end. And so... And we've seen him play the the trickery card before with sabathun you know yep get get the hive to take the action he wants by spinning a tail of this you know god wave yep uh could could be something similar we're gonna destroy the veil that will kill niamuna thus giving us urgency to get there um but then by us getting near it now he can go through our ghost and right then channel it and connect it and all that stuff so after the scene of the the beam leaving, uh, we get the final cutscene of the campaign, uh, and that the witness has accepted this power. Um, the blast doors on the vanguard ship have opened up now, and they're peering through broken through broken glass at what is happening. Uh, and the witness, um, you know. It says says a line. Uh, it's along the lines of like the universe is a cruel place. It makes everyone perpetrator or victim. Uh, you have played both. Um, speaking presumably to the traveler. Yeah. Uh, and the witness is drawing a triangle, kind of in the flesh, quote unquote, of the traveler as he's saying this. And as he completes the triangle, it turn it turns from the edges into the middle into this like neon kind of like oil slick uh colored portal goop yeah (laughs) uh it 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 does appear to be a portal of some sort that has been carved into the traveler and the witness and the pyramid ships around the traveler all get sucked into it and disappear i have i have two at the moment theories on this well save them for a second okay uh so that that's kind of the end of the cutscene. we do have some follow-up with zavala and ikora afterwards um, Keitel specifically says like we lost like yes yeah Keitel in, in the scene says we lost uh zavala says 
uh, in when he's talking to us that the traveler is gone. Um, he, he's muses like, should I be thankful? It can't resurrect any, any more of our enemies, which makes me wonder, can new guardians not be resurrected either then? Oh, that's it. Everyone's got to pay for the game now. No more free game. (laughs) Uh, that, It'd be terrible. Did, It'd be did, kind of funny. Did, did, did that just like fuck you up? Like when he said it, that was my instant thought. Was like, did Bungie just shut off the game for all new players? Is that did did they just can't canonically shut the game off? Is that what's happening here? Like, and nobody can can somebody go start a new character right now and see if it actually works? Like, is that a thing? Like, yeah, no, I was I was very intrigued on that that line of yeah. Like, I I, I understood the whole like you can't res enemies because that's it, they it. The Traveler res Savathun. It res a bunch of haunt, uh, 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 Lucent uh, Hive. So it's like, yeah. It, but then to like, now presumably if it can't res those, it can't res anyone else. But there are still, there are still unmatched ghosts. So right. like, so can the ghosts have, still do that? Like, right. Because presumably the ghosts have only ever been released once. And right. every single ghost that exists in the entirety of the universe has all been released at the exact same time and they that's the only that's it's a finite amount like eventually you are just going to run out of ghosts but presumably there are still tons of unmatched ghosts that are still resin guardians like we still have access to light powers so clearly the connection there wasn't yeah. as immediate as what we thought it was like with gall where he just like encases it and traps us off from it so it it seems like there can still be new guardians. I don't know. Like it's it it right. does raise a lot of questions. There is a dialogue from our ghost. I forget where this came up, but it was something along the lines of them saying like, you know, I can still you know I can still use the light. We can still use powers, but uh, it feels like I'm pulling it from a uh, what did they say? I'm pulling it from a a well instead of a spring, something like yep. that. Yeah. Um, I think so, that's a lot of the post uh, campaign stuff where like you're going around doing missions and or even like the lost sectors are exploring Neomuna. Yeah, like yeah. Ghost himself is like really confused at this this feeling like it, it doesn't feel as as infinite as it did before. Yeah. So he can he can use the light, but it not as as easily for sure. Um, when we go and talk to Ikora, she mentions ghosts have said that they cannot feel the presence of the traveler anymore. Uh, just kind of reconfirming that it's dead? Question mark. Because uh, it's still there, like right, it's, it's, it's still it, floating above Earth. Yeah, it's, it's just got a hole in it. Presumably dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she also says that all attempts to send probes through the portal in the Traveler have failed. I uh, the the probe either I don't the probe either wasn't able to enter the portal or was like was immediately destroyed upon entry. Uh, and so they're not going to go put a person through it anytime what, soon. What would be hilarious is if all the probes actually are making it to the other side and they're just stacking up <laughs> on the other side of the portal and the witness is just sitting on the other side like, God damn it, stop sending shit through. It's, it doesn't work. Just cut it out. <laughs> I don't want your garbage. God damn it. I don't need this shit. Like, stop it. So uh, the final kind of conversation we can have about this is with Osiris. And Osiris says that the witness used the veil to cause a convergence of primal light and dark energy to make a portal. Now, the only other time that we have seen oh, shit. Now I have a light theory. and dark 
combine to create a portal was the creation of the distributary. Yep. A pocket universe inside a universe. Now, so now I have another theory. Is is has the has the witness created another universe that they're now going to for something? Are they trying to get to the distributary itself? Or like I don't know. There's there's I, some I correlation it's the opposite there, direction. I think he opened a portal to get out of this universe. And go to the the quote unquote parent universe. Yeah. To go to where they yeah. were to where the gardener and the winnower were creating these universes. Cause he got drawn in because he had to. He never yeah. wanted to be here in the first place. That's very true. I that's one of my theories is that this portal leads outside our universe to the parent. It goes the opposite way. It goes up a level. And now now he's able to get out and he doesn't have to live in this what he would think of as hell. Um, right. This this resurrection hell of like, no, this paracausality isn't supposed to exist. Like you, you the gardener, did that because you're bored. Like stop being a bored child and and just play by the rules of the game. Like, yeah, I I that's that's one of my theories is that he went the opposite direction. Like all of this portal leads directly out of our universe into the overarching parent universe where the garden game was happening, the flower game was happening, and now he has. I, I presumably the only one there and now he's escaped his hell. I don't know. Like that's, that well, feels like and, what it would, could and be. if he's, I, I like, I like this train of thought because the same Savathun had the same motivation. The Ahamkara yep. have the same Get motivation. Get the hell out of this universe. They, uh, those, those entities know they're in a video game and they want to escape the video. They want to be fit. They want to be real. They want to escape. Yep. Uh, and so like, yeah, if he, if he went up a level to, you know, the, the garden, the the garden of creation, let's say, uh, and he's the only one there. That also means there's now no one to stop him from correcting the mistake yep. that was made with this universe from bringing about the final shape. Yes, yeah, Holy I shit. I think that Holy I think shit. that's got legs. Holy shit! That's three in an episode, man. <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. What do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do. It's too powerful. I don't want this ability. So yeah, that was that was one of my theories. My other theory was like he actually yeah. went inside the traveler. Like the portal just leads inside the traveler, and so now like the inside of the traveler is stacking up with all these probes and shit. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like the 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 more. I think about it, the more I think that that idea of like him going to like the parent universe to, to escape this. Cause now yeah. with like what you said with the distributary, like, Oh, pocket universe. Well, who's to say that portal doesn't work both ways. Who say I can't yeah. use that portal to go the opposite direction. No, absolutely. Like, I, I really like that theory of, of that's, that's the, that's, this is the second time in all of destiny universe that light and dark have directly, the powers themselves have directly touched each other and, 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 interacted and done something and both times it has opened a portal one being to a pocket universe that mara creates the other being this which i think is the parent universe yeah no i i like that theory um i'm gonna headcanon that until we hear otherwise i'm getting good at this man i'm feeling really good (laughs) good good you you should i I'm learning (laughs) another little dialogue um not directly related but post-campaign comes to us from Nimbus, uh, who says the veil is safe, which presumably means linking it, whatever that did, didn't destroy it or make it yeah. lose power. 
So to me, that leans credit towards the subterfuge. Yeah, like no, the I, witness I think never so. wanted to destroy it anyway. He just wanted everyone to focus on it, so something could get there. Presumably, something being the ghost and the guardian. And now he's got a conduit. Now he can connect it. Now he can get his power back. Now he can get to the parent universe. Yeah. No, absolutely. All uh, it's all these little data points, right? Like none of these points by themselves look like anything. It's like, oh, he just wanted to destroy the veil. Cool. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Oh, Savathun stole the veil, and that's how Nehemiah got his power. Whatever. Like, all of these little points are starting to, like, connect and be like, okay, well, Savathun had to do this to keep humanity around, to stop the Witness from getting out of the universe. Now they're, now the Witness is back, and now he, he doesn't know where Neomoon is, but now he does kind of know where it is because the Witness shot the beam, and it kind of opened his eyes. Like, it, all these little things are starting to make sense now. All these little connection points are starting to connect and be like, this, I think, is the ultimate thing happening here. Yeah. No, I, I think so as well. Um, so we're, that's, that's the, the completion of the campaign. Now there is some post campaign. I, uh, I guess, do we want to dig into that now or do we want to we, do, we may need to save that for the next episode because this I, one's starting to run a little long. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we'll do post campaign and Neomuna history as, uh, as one episode, um, and that'll be that'll be the next one. I know originally we were going to do a seasonal uh, episode as our next one, but I feel like this is going to be this is going to have a lot more information available to us right now. And the yep. season seems to boil down to just defend Earth. There's not a whole lot of nuance yep. going on, and that that feels very accurate too. Like, like everything's right above our our world. Everything's right here at our doorstep. Just try to hold off, hold the line. Like that just yeah. seems to be the, the deal. Like the fact that it's season of defiance, like we are trying to defy what is happening around us. Like just hold the line, hold off, see, see if we can gather some type of plan, strategy, forces, whatever, and, and do it to it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I am excited to, uh, to talk about the, the post campaign stuff and the, the entire, um, Hall of Heroes and the Cloud Striders mm-hmm. and the the history of Neomuna, but I think you're right. I think that like we're already running a little long on this one, and I think all of that would be a good uh, combining thing uh, for our next episode. Before we before we wrap up the episode, I did tease uh, before we started recording that there is a character that returns. I was going to say I didn't I didn't catch this through any of this. What who the hell is this guy? So well, you didn't catch it because we didn't we didn't talk about it in the main campaign stuff. Um, it is someone that is very near and dear to you and many others uh, that you can very briefly see in the um, partition mission, which is post campaign technically. Okay. Uh, the partition mission takes place inside uh, one of the Vex network areas okay and you can during certain areas if you're real quick it's only a couple seconds you can see the digital avatar of asher mir in the vex network out of here get the fuck out of here additionally additionally uh you have no idea that (laughs) means something that actively means something yes so additionally on the Sparrow, um, which is part of the, the season pass called the Inside Line Sparrow, which the flavor text is read inside the lines. 
Uh, it is a little story of two boys that live on Niamuna that talk to each other using an old radio relay. Uh, and they're trying to talk to each other and they're just little kids. They're like, you know, their discussions are, man, my parents are boring. You know, what are you going to do this sucks, weekend? That, yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, and they're having their normal radio discussion, you know, walkie talkie, but there's, there's static and there's almost never static. Like they're the only ones that use this old antiquated thing to communicate. And the static in the lore card reads out as Morse code. And oh, if shit. you translate, is it, is it fucking assistant? If you translate the Morse code, it translates to "still alive inside network, idiot kids." Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Ashamir. <laughs> oh man, he is my favorite asshole. I <laughs> love him. He is he is like my spirit animal. Let's go. I, I've got to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go have to watch some YouTube videos and find this because that yeah. is awesome. I love Ashermere. The first thing he does is shoot the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I love Ashermere. He is literally my favorite. I was so sad to see him go, but the fact that they're calling out to him, I think we're gonna see Ashermere in a season. I think we're down absolutely gonna see. I him, think that's yep. a thing then. He's going to be a key focal point, like it, whether he's on one side of the VEX network or he finally breaks out and we help whatever. I We're going to see Ashamir again. That's a, that's a definite. Yeah, I think so. So God, that's was, awesome. There's that Brother Vance can stay trapped in there. I don't care. Ashamir, <laughs> let's go. So, but with that, I think we're going to conclude our, our Lightfall, uh, our Lightfall launch episode, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the the main story beats and our our thoughts on the information that's presented to us in the story and uh, our our theories around it and uh, yeah you can take that as you will yeah well I think we I think we only have what one shout out we do have one shout out and then one milestone uh, oh I'm excited about this milestone so the first shout out is from uh, Apple Podcasts I. Uh, comes to us from blueberry sky uh who left a review that says uh, i am new to destiny i just started playing this last fall so i don't know much about the game or the lore this podcast has helped me understand things about the game that i was confused about i love to listen while i'm working it makes the day go by faster this podcast is perfect for anyone that has an interest in learning more about destiny can't wait for the next episode i love it blue blueberry sky the blueberry <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is awesome i'm super happy that that somebody's actually able to take what we've put and and follow it coherently and and be like okay this is starting to make sense now i understand why i'm going after this enemy now i understand why i'm attacking this force like i i love that thank you so much yeah no i'm i'm very glad that like like i think we said last episode one of our goals has always been to make it more understandable more digestible for people that are newer and uh, not as experienced with the characters in the world. And, you know, the fact that we were able to do that for you is, is awesome. Absolutely. So the milestone though, so so as of the time of this recording, um, which is March 3rd, we have in our, our, you know, fervor to play the the witch queen campaign and really dive into it uh technically we missed it by a little bit because we were at 101.7 thousand all-time downloads holy uh, shit which is a number i did not think would ever exist 
for, we, for our we were We were excited if we were going to hit 50K by the end of December. And by the time we hit the end of December, we were like 80, we were like 75, 80K. And we were just like, well, shit, 100K is like right around the corner. And here it is. Yeah. Uh, fucking A, right? Let's go. Yeah. So that is phenomenal. You know, thank you to everybody that enjoys our particular brand of crazy. I, uh, we're, we like doing it. You like listening. We're going to keep it going. We are. And, and to, to also uh, kind of piggyback off of that, continue doing it. Um, I know this episode kind of like interrupted our Bray Tech series. We are going to still continue that. Yes. It's just that yeah. the Lightfall stuff was so awesome and so amazing. We felt we've got to put this info out there first. Like we've got to make all these connections and get all this info out there. Um, so yeah, so we are going to continue on with that Bray Tech series. Uh, tentative planning right now. Um, next week, uh, we're going to hopefully cover uh, the post campaign and the history of Niamuna. Um, we're going to be recording that the day that the raid goes live. Uh, so then obviously we'll be able to go in and go into the raid and all that stuff. So then our, our episode after that will be our lore of the raid uh, and more Lightfall stuff. So you got about three weeks worth of uh, Neo Moon stuff, ne- uh, Lightfall yeah. stuff. Uh, and then we're going to, con- then we're going to kind of go back to our, uh, uh, our back to your regularly scheduled program of, <laughs> of, of uh, the Braytex and, and finishing out Rasputin and Siva and the Iron Lords and all that stuff. Yep. So that's the plan going forward. Um, if, you know, as, as a, as a general, general statement, if you liked what you heard, uh, we always enjoy, uh, and, and are thankful for getting ratings on your platform of choice. Uh, if you feel strongly enough to leave a text review or, uh, want to reach out and send us a comment via Twitter, which is at myths and stories about the same as the show. Uh, we monitor that from time to time and pull shout outs from there. So you may hear yourself on a future episode. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I don't know that I have any thanks this episode. Uh, I'm gonna thank Asher Mir. Thanks for <laughs> keeping go. it going on the other side, buddy. We'll see you soon. <laughs> keep, keep it alive and keep it going. Idiot kids. <laughs> Idiot assistant. All righty. Well, uh, you got anything else, Smith? That's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time.